0: on the Pilot TV podcast this week we are joined by Alison Bree, who stops by the show to talk about Raw her new show on Apple TV Plus and we are back on Kepler 22B for more deranged sci-fi shenanigans with Raised by Wolves on Sky investigating corruption at Westminster in Anatomy of a Scandal on Netflix and finally getting to talk about Disney Plus's Moon Knight which I know for a fact that Beth <laughs> is really looking <laughs> forward to oh, my God.
1: piece of work all of yesterday in the office, we had a trifecta of, of moon night accents from you and Chris, and then eventually Nick bowed in and did it as well. and It just cut through me, it was horrible. It's not and It's, it's not was, gonna
0: stop, Beth. <gasps> I, I don't know what to tell you.
1: No, no, Chris no. Hewitt
2: impersonated, uh, did that impersonation to his face, yeah, to um, Oscar Isaac's yep. face as he explained on the on the podcast and I like the way he pretended he did his own voiceover introducing the fact that he'd done this impression to Oscar Ivers' face almost as if pretending that he was a bit ashamed of it but obviously the opposite of pretend, being ashamed of it he was incredibly so proud of it, of it. yeah, yeah. Of, of course he was of yeah. he was
1: yeah. yeah it was like you know in between is the, the friends yeah exactly,
0: exactly. Yeah. the yeah.
1: three of them sort of sn- sniffing around each other like little excitable puppies oh. with, with moonlight night accents give us accents. a break. Yeah. If, you,
0: uh, if you can't get enough of the, uh, the... Stephen and Grant accent, I do encourage you to subscribe to the Impossible Specials where you'll hear the Moon Knight spoiler special podcast, which is available now.
2: I believe it's not a spoiler special, if I can correct you on that, Joe. No, it's, it's our boys. That's a very common rookie error. There is a Moon Knight
0: special on the regular Empire feed, which is an interview special, which right. has uh, has Oscar Isaac and yeah. it's got Ethan Hawke and it's got yeah. director and stuff on there, Mohamed Diaz. But there's also the spoiler special in the spoiler special feed, which is the episode one, oh, which is I see. Oh, Stephen Grant, or, which it. is us oh, banging on I don't about to it. That. Yeah.
2: Can, when you can listen to us, actual Oscar
0: Isaac yeah, yeah. and know, Ethan Hawke,
2: who needs to listen to you,
1: Hang Obviously, me, the can the you not
2: un-
0: unsell people on the spoiler specials, <laughs> Like,
1: you do a pretty good job about yourself yeah. to be honest James you, you let edit this
0: out anyway I know you will how, how has the podcast been derailed this quickly I do not know anyway I'm James Dyer and welcome to the Pilot TV Podcast uh, a show that now that the embargo has lifted is finally able to tell the difference between a <laughs> waking life stop it and dreams stop it uh, I promise I won't do that for the entire podcast. Yeah, uh, yeah. Joining me for the show, however, is the avatar of Conshu herself, Miss Beth Webb, and a man who may not be directly affiliated to any particular Egyptian god, but you can bet they all follow him on fucking Twitter. It's Mr. <laughs> Boyd Hilton. <laughs>
3: Thank you. There that we go. Good. Very good. There we go. Okay, guys,
0: guys, guys. I want to talk to you about a TV show. I know that isn't controversial for this particular podcast, but it's a very specific show. I want to know if you've seen it. It's called
2: Is It Cake? Um, I haven't seen it but I've heard about it
1: I know of it on the on the Twitter yeah.
2: um,
1: it, it is thing isn't it where, is it cake yeah. yes yeah.
0: Yeah. I haven't watched it but I saw the little because it came up on my Netflix and obviously it started playing and I was like this could be the greatest TV show i ever made mm.
1: I didn't know it was a mm. TV show I'm actually quite interested a
0: in TV that. show where people try to determine whether something is an actual solid inanimate object or it's cake. Well, have yeah. you seen
2: the yeah. the giant tortoise cake? Um, it's also going around on Twitter. No. Now, yeah, that, yeah, in in the same vein. I think it might even be from that show. There's this incredible lifelike giant tortoise, which is a cake, and someone cuts it in half, and it's a real, like, oh my God, like breathtaking moment, because it looks so real. Wow. It's so much like a giant tortoise. And yeah, it's, a, it's, like, a, cake. Cake. Yeah, it's a cake. Yeah, it's so, a cake. I didn't
0: know that this was a thing. Yeah, like, this is, is an thing, art yeah. where people just make incredibly
2: lifelike... Cakes. Yeah. 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 It was in it was an element of Bake Off. Bake Off has quite frequently done an episode built around these these illusory cakes where yeah, it's like a tromploy, I think they call them. Is that oh, one? okay. <laughs> a tromploy. Um, tromploy. Where mm-hmm. um yeah, you create something that looks like something else, yeah. but it is in fact a cake. it's quite it's quite a it's an incredible skill.
1: It's a thing on the, I know that I touched the platform, but it's a thing on the TikTok, isn't it? There's quite yeah. a lot. And it is things like, yeah, people it's kind of the shock thing. We're like, "Oh my god, they're going to break their vase!" Oh no, it's a cake oh, kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, but I'm
2: thrilled, James, that you've brought this up this early <laughs> in, because it's a complete like James, not a James yeah. show. And I'm going to talk about why I've been watching is not a James show. So you've totally set me up. Oh, but, but I mean,
0: so you haven't seen this? Guess you haven't been talking about it on your spot on GB News, for example. Like, <laughs> <is
2: that? laughs> Fuck you! I've not got <laughs> listeners. I do not have a spot on GB News, and my will <laughs> never have a spot. they haven't on worn GB. you down yet? I mean, Unless GB News is taken over suddenly by some left-wing thing, then it's not going to happen. Yeah.
0: No. Thank you very much. Yeah. Well. Okay. So what we've established: none of us have seen.
2: No, but I have been meaning to. I really am. I'm quite excited about it. it, You you actually have, though. I am actually cake. This is not. I'm not even here. So what kind of?
1: What kind of? No. I didn't watch
2: it. I I just.
0: I watched the preview. So I watched. You know how Netflix shows you like five minutes of it. I watched that when when I got. I accidentally hovered over it briefly on my menu and it got sucked. (laughs) in. In, as I think is what it's designed to do exactly what it does so yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah
1: okay. brilliant
2: by next week's show I'll have caught up with it that's my promise to you now see I'm quite fussy about cakes of course I you are. I You're don't fuss about everything. <laughs> I don't enjoy marzipan, and I'm sure there's a lot of marzipan involved in world, these things. I'm with you on that one. I know oh, that.
1: I like it. I'm.
2: I'm. Oh, do you know what? The, the other thing I don't really like is this kind of really stodgy, like red velvet, red velvety type cake. Oh, see, I like a red velvet. I find it a bit much. It's um, icing. I don't like. I don't like lots of yeah, icing. Yeah. The best cakes for me are the fluffy, creamy, very light spongy bit, cakes. bit of jam, yeah. bit of Victoria sponge, bit of jam. Yep, a yep. really light, here Victoria sponge is mm. is a dream. Yeah. yeah. Lemon drizzle. Lemidians? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah Refreshing, yeah, but... Uh, yeah. Um, but a really dense, yeah,
1: snow. Really good yeah. ones. Is it still Magnolias, Where it's the armadillo wedding cake for Julia Roberts' wedding, oh, and it's yeah. red velvet, and so when it cuts in, it looks like a like a bloody <laughs> mass of armadillo. It's really funny. Yes,
2: yes. And the Godfather cake they sent out, talking uh, uh, as a freebie to certain journals, so was, was a big, dense red velvet. That season. was a good cake. incredible all black icing they yeah. had a lot of icing but I know it, to be else. fair I gave it to my mum because there was just too much oh, cake okay. there for one person <laughs> to it eat was massive
0: yeah and they didn't send it to the office because it came with like a DIY Italian meal which
2: I made uh, but I couldn't eat that whole cake myself yeah was, I couldn't that eat that the like DIY this is, this is oh god this is sickening already. <laughs> I couldn't make the meal because I didn't request a vegetarian version it was literally proper are meatballs. you vegetarian? well I don't eat red meat I don't eat meatballs oh, right. but uh, they were pork meatballs pork right this is interesting right because on the excellent Al- Wolf and L podcast with Romesh Nathan and Big Tom Davis they talked mm. about um, pork is red meat or not? No, it's white meat, isn't it? Well, Tom, that's what Tom Davis said. But but as Romesh pointed out, it's not the case. It's, well, it's not, not kosher either way, so it's definitely not kosher. <laughs> I'm not kosher though. I'm, I'm not. I'm an atheist Jew, as I have pointed out many times. But yeah, there is a controversy over whether pork is white. R- it's considered white or red meat or not. It looks white, like as in yeah, but re- that, right. That's the point. Yeah. It looks like, but it actually is really classed as a red meat. Mm-hmm.
1: So. Well, I think it's just preference, isn't it? Because I've I've gone since I watched. Uh, I had to review cow for Empire. Oh, and me too. Yeah. Me too.
2: Justice for Luma.
1: Oh and since then I I just I don't know what it is, I just haven't touched it, I haven't touched beef or I know what it
2: is. That film has put you off. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. And but I've done the same with pork as well, and I'm just happy to just not eat pork or beef and not worry if it's red meat or white but, meat or right. whatever. But right. chickens like...
0: can go and fuck themselves, right?
1: Oh
2: chickens
1: can <laughs> and no, the fish <laughs> can go fuck themselves twice over. <laughs> yeah.
0: so, I'm 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 getting there. Well, me too, so I'm I'm using Oatly now, sort of trying that yeah. in my tea full fat oatly. I should I just the brand name I probably should be pushing oatly any oat based you know milk is fine <laughs> wow. but I, the full fat crucially and a listener uh, mentioned this like you can't go with the semi you can't go with it has to be the full fat oat milk otherwise it doesn't work in tea you can't go with a semi can't, you should never have tea I with a semi boy never glad yeah, i'm glad fully. i've clarified this has all gone wrong hasn't it anyway <laughs> what have you been watching on the
2: telly <laughs> so my uh, my absolutely reality tv if if, if terry was here Let's put it this way: She will know what I'm about to talk about, which is Gordon Ramsay's future food stars. This is um, it's, it. Would have started last Thursday on BBC One. It's basically The Apprentice with Gordon Ramsay instead of Alan Sugar, and foodie entrepreneurs instead of general whatever entrepreneurs. Right. But it's literally that. That is the format. Um, but the amazing, it's completely insane because. Like the first scene, you're introduced, there's 12 contenders, right? They've plucked out of the 12 kind of up-and-coming food entrepreneurs who've all got an idea of how to sell food. Like, So one's got like a mussels business, the other's got an Indian street food business. Very in the early days, so that's the whole thing. And and Gordon's going to give them 150 grand of his own money in the end. That's the prize, which is similar to what Alan Sugar does now and The Apprentices as well. But the opening episode begins with them gathering on the beach in Cornwall, and, um, and uh, Gordon Ramsay is going to come and meet them and, and set them the first task, actually. He, he does it by jumping out of a helicopter <laughs> into the sea. And the first task that they have to do is jump off a cliff into the sea now what you may be asking the fuck has any of this to do with food entrepreneurialism it feels like that TV show on Netflix what was it called or was it on Prime the Prime one where yeah. all the kids what's it yeah. called the,
0: the that, something yeah the something yeah where it's that, that show where all the kids take yeah. part in that thing to yeah, win and a money a very
2: unmemorable title what? no do you not remember Yay. this it was called it was it's, a drama yeah. it
0: feels like it's called like the cross the cry the class it's, yeah. the, it's the noun I it don't know what y, the noun a, was. it
2: was a YA drama yeah, yeah. Where they all, yeah they all competed in these like secrets
1: oh if he like asked you to jump off a cliff would you jump off yeah, but yeah, it's like exactly. If yeah, we have give you to tons
2: of money, will you jump off a cliff? Was more what it was. Yeah, yeah. and he says he, he's right. So you, the whole thing is supposed to be like foodie, but the next task is like to slice some salmon or something. <laughs> you're like, why is he forcing these poor people to jump off a fucking cliff? It's a fair question. And his tenuous explanation is, "I need to see just how brave and daring you are." And you're like, "Oh, do me a favor." It's spectacularly contrived and preposter- and ridiculous. The task he set them but obviously strangely quite watchable
3: at the same time. <laughs> but
2: that is mainly, I have to admit, what I've been watching, but I have had a super hectic week and not had time to do anything apart from watch these shows. Bethany, what have you been watching?
1: I watched some more of Pachinko. Um, I'd watched one episode by recording last week. I've now watched three episodes and I think it is absolutely beautiful. Just absolutely beautiful. Beautifully performed. Like a real mix of kind of seasoned and new performers and and they're all brilliant really caught up in the storyline i just i just cannot get over how beautiful this show is like mm. i can't get can't get over it <laughs> banging soundtrack yeah i'm i'm very i'm very on board with it um really lovely and we gave it five stars as well we did Ian, yes. we gave it five stars we so you know that's a glowing glowing endorsement from us
2: Not one of my five stars, but a proper five stars, James would probably say. (laughs) Yes, not the excitometer that we see in Heat Magazine, an actual
1: review.
0: Yes, indeed. That is true. Uh, As (laughs) I was mentioning to Beth when we left the office, there is a pachinko parlor in the first season of The Expanse. So, you know, so it all comes together, Boyd. All comes together. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. That's 100% true. Uh, I have a couple of things I wanted to ask you guys about. So, I watched the second episode of Hacks. I did a little bit more hack stuff. Enjoying hacks? I'm not yes. Hacks oh, good. Holy shit. You know, you should just watch more than one
2: half hour episode of a series.
0: Can fine. I just say well, I had other things on, but I did. I oh. like it. Because it was a bit like, I think, this I got in last night, I went to see Morbius. Oh, kill me. And uh, <laughs> and I got in and I finished watching. I was watching a few episodes of Raised by Wolves for this very podcast. And I had like half an hour before I wanted to get to bed. Oh, what's I doing? Half an hour, half an hour.
2: I'm going to watch an episode of Hacks. So, I watched an episode of Hacks. Is it, if you is it, that include the one? I'm not sure. Cause I, I I think I watched the first. first the song. one with the pepper shaker. Oh, the pepper yeah. shaker! Yeah, yeah, that is brilliant. Yeah, yeah. where she gets the yeah. pepper shaker is so funny. <laughs> yeah. And then she has the helicopter. <laughs> yep. well, yeah, that of is, yeah, that is a helicopter.
1: It's like a real theme. Yes.
2: Yes. Yeah, that, yeah, it really. That I mean, basically, what you've got there is an, an only episode which has to set a lot of the scene. There's yep. a lot of character to establish and situation to establish. And then the second episode immediately flies off into a brilliant fly of comedic fancy, which yeah. is fantastically well written and performed and, and dazzling. So yeah, and, and
1: the way that episode wraps up as well, when she puts it down and you see that just that fleeting yeah. moment of satisfaction yeah. and then it's gone again yeah. like what what is inspiring I'm really happy you're enjoying this bloody hell
0: I am enjoying it brilliant yeah. well no but hey 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 I did not hey, hey, hate hey. it hey 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 guys I think the the bit that that didn't work for me was obviously the, the writing of the gags yeah. and obviously oh, yeah, crucially yeah, there's a... none of that in the second right, episode that's what so... I said I was trying to yeah. tell you that yeah, it yeah. doesn't matter yeah. okay oh. but that's not the only thing I watched. so, so in addition to that that's uh, just Suspicion finished yet?
2: Oh, I can't keep track of those things. I don't.
0: Yeah. I'm not sure a suspicion is finished because I know it's an ongoing week to week thing and I can't remember if it's finished. And I, and I made a note in my head that I wanted to talk about it when it had finished and I don't know if it's finished.
2: So I guess I still can't talk about it. Well, similarly, I haven't watched the finale of Servant yet. Which has oh, finished, you haven't. Oh, that hasn't. Has, well, I've seen all of Suspicion. I just, I just right. watched oh, it all before okay. it came out right. when we reviewed but, it. They didn't give us all of Servant oh, to watch before gosh. they. Like, I think I was missing the last two. I think episodes, and I haven't gone yeah. well with them yet. And someone asked me on Twitter what I thought, and I couldn't answer because I haven't watched <laughs> them yet. But it's one of my favourite shows, and I'm like, I can't because you forget, yeah. with Apple yeah. particularly yeah. I think the way they do things. Well, we forget because you we know the way the we watch them. Yes. Privilege yeah, privileged tracks to get to see most of, in advance, but not all. So I'm desperate to see. I need to absolutely sit down and watch yeah. those.
0: Well, they gave me all the Suspicion before it started, so I watched all
2: of it, and I just didn't want to talk about the fact that it starts
0: so well and then goes off the rails oh, so does wildly. Does it? Uh, yeah, like it really runs out of steam before the end. It's a real shame because it's brilliant when it starts and then at the end you're just a bit like, hmm. Yeah, that's, that's shame.
1: Can I finish what I'm watching? Sorry Beth, <laughs> carry on. I thought, yeah, thought we'd finish. Sorry, I know did, did. did I, did you I derail did you? Because I, I hadn't finished. Okay,
0: I apologise. Yeah. Unreservedly.
1: Yeah. Um. So I finished something this week that I have been, it's been on in my house is it, as a as a rewatch, and my partner's probably watched it as many times as I've watched Kill the Girls. So we're talking a lot. Mm. So I've sort of tapped in and out quite a lot. And I tapped out of the show community when Donald Glover left, essentially. Oh, yeah. Like for me, he was probably the best thing in it. I could see, I could see it sort of running out of steam a little bit, and I wasn't especially interested in where it was going. So I've sort of been just sort of, you know, secondary watching. It's been on, I've been around. And then I thought I've actually never watched. Finished watching Community. I've never, I've never sat down mm. and watched those final episodes. You know, most of the major characters are kind of, sort of stepped off. Um, so I sat down and I watched the last few episodes of Community, which I think you can do relatively well having not really watched it, sort of in a very committed way throughout. And it was really good. It was just really nice. I didn't recognise some of the characters. The writing's obviously changed an awful lot, but it was. Really, really sweet and wonderful, and I feel a bit silly for having checked out and not really having as much faith in it as I thought that I should. But I wonder, I do wonder how many people actually because that show is so beloved. Even like I feel like UK audiences really have to seek it out mm. over here or just know about it through word of mouth. Um, but it is wonderful, it is it is great, and obviously the Russo brothers. That's kind of where they started out as well. So it's really fun to see their fingerprints over some of the more kind of conceptual episodes of it. But, yeah, I wonder how many people have actually finished that show, because I I feel quite now like I want to go back and watch all the stuff I've missed.
2: Didn't Dan, Dan Harmon, showrunner, was left, didn't he, after yeah. like the first three or four seasons, and then they rehired him for the last, I believe... Um, so, but in, to, so to your point, I a lot of people kind of on you know kind of abandoned it when he left because it was so he was so identified yeah. as the driving creative force behind it, I and mean, he was the driving creative force behind it. Um, so I think you're probably right, yeah. But then he did come back, so I wonder whether people then f- had to catch up and then watch it when he came back. But I, I've never finished it. I have to say personally, no, and, I, not. and I loved it for a large to a large degree. Yeah, yeah. and you've got to love Donald Glover.
1: I mean he was Troy and
2: Arbid Mm. Troy and
1: Arbid I just I really do think that he's an incredibly incredibly talented writer performer but I do like him obsessed when he's just being funny not taking himself too seriously Uh, Mm -hmm. and he was very 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 funny on that show got some of the best lines so yeah I'm done now I am done talking of
2: Glover Atlanta's already started isn't it in America and what the fuck's happening this is the new oh, it's the new
1: do get me started
2: <laughs> when is it arriving here I've no, no I've no, no, heard nothing about it no
1: well, I imagine it's Disney Plus isn't it although BBC got right the BBC do still
2: have I think There's most of the FX too. shows do come, have come to BBC 2 are, are on BBC 2 have been on BBC mm. 2 um, so I'm not sure yeah but I'm, I, I, we need to see it I can't wait
1: yeah I can apparently wait. it's
2: amazing it's all so, like, shot in London isn't it And I mean yeah. I'm fascinated by the whole thing
1: across Europe yeah but
2: yeah, Chris Hewitt's in it? What?
1: What did no. you say just now? I said across, across like Europe. <laughs> across Europe? I think you said Chris Hewitt. Chris <laughs> Hewitt. Wow. Of course, it's got Chris Hewitt in it. Chris Hewitt. You know that Chris <laughs> Hewitt? Oh, I do love that Chris Hewitt. <laughs>
0: That's amazing. Uh, okay. you sure? Yeah, I'm done. You're I like, am done. Positive? Yes. Sure. Okay, good. Uh, because I want to talk about Picard. And, <laughs> oh, oh, actually, cool. I've got
1: 20 more things. <laughs> than what <to> say. Suddenly. <laughs>
0: I have seen... Well, by the time this goes out, I'll have seen the fifth one, but I saw the fourth episode of Picard. Obviously, we reviewed it based on the first three. Well, I did, anyway. And I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Oh,
1: oh, suddenly. Well, no, because I I had had reservations about
0: the first Like, three. Don't get me wrong, I enjoyed them, but I thought it was wildly derivative. And this next episode was also wildly derivative, and and I can't emphasize this enough, made no fucking sense, even though they went on Twitter and said, oh, well, actually, it does make sense because X, Y, and Z. But I was like, no, 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 no. no. Your temporal <laughs> mechanics are way off. What are you talking about? So a lot of things, a lot of things bothered me. Uh, and I don't want to say too much because I don't want to spoil anything. I'm just saying... You can't have a bar at 10 Forward Avenue at a point in the timeline prior to her having a bar you know called 10 su- Forward because it makes no fucking sense. I'm switching off
1: here. I thought, I, I thought oh, I could I genuinely get behind what's ago. happened here, but you're, you're, you're starting to use words I don't understand.
0: Don't, let me get, so. don't even get me started about Time's Arrow because, honestly, like it's a whole thing. Anyway, suffice to say, even that stuff aside, I just, I'm, I'm no, I'm, it's not doing it for me. No. Between that and Disco, which I'm still... Frankly, I think th- I've got maybe three episodes after the season which I still haven't watched. Uh, it's, mm, it's, not, it's not a good time for me what is
1: friend of the pod Sophie Petzl saying about
0: it uh, well Sophie doesn't like Picard from the get go right. so our official Star Trek correspondent has yet to officially weigh in but I think I'm so I think it's safe to say she's probably not a fan okay alright yeah.
1: I look forward to hearing from her
0: yeah mm. <laughs> Sophie Aww. if you're listening feel free to send in your uh, capsule review just record a voice note send it in and we'll just whack it on the show you
1: know she doesn't do capsule you know you're no. getting it's like a four yeah. hour do
0: you know what if you want to give us a 40 minute voice note and send it in no. I will tell you right here now I promise you I will fucking put it in the show so please do send that to me. <laughs> I want your review of Star Trek Picard.
1: Um,
0: and the last thing, the last thing, before we move on from the section. Oh my God, section... still going
1: on. <laughs> You were hey, doing one thing this hey, week. What's, hey, what's going on? Hey.
0: We spoke about Pinky Blinders last week. Yes. We had a big old oh, yes, session. Yes. And then the penultimate episode yes. aired. Now, and Fair I think enough. it's safe to say it was better. More happened. Yeah, You know, the, the, like, things shifted. But it still wasn't what I would call action-packed.
2: No, but so we, 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 we're in the weird situation where we're we're talking about we're bias, talking about five. The finale yeah. would have gone out by the time you yes. listen to this. Listeners. we just haven't because they're not giving it to they're us in advance. It to anyone, so we to have see, not seen it in advance. It's eighty minutes long. Yeah, it's like I so said, it's like basically our feature. Could be PS, the greatest
0: thing that's ever been be made. Greatest thing ever. <laughs> yeah.
2: And it felt like the, that fifth episode was bringing all <laughs> yeah. the different subplots yeah. together, send out one the board. big and getting it yeah, and mm. getting it all ready. I, I, but I did think in terms of stuff. What, I think what when people say stuff happening, you're really talking about set piece action, aren't you? Are you? I think. Because well, yeah, you know. I still think there were a lot of plot developments I mean, and in episode five. There was a death. There was a death. Right, there was a death. But also, there was the incredible Diana Mitford. I keep banging on about her. I still think she is the MVP of the season. Her brilliant She's revelation. She's so awful. She's so, horrendously <laughs> so awful. awful. She is literally a Nazi. Yeah. Um, so they are <laughs> all pretty bad. But even among Nazis, <laughs> yeah. she stands... Absolutely, the peak of awfulness, mm. <laughs> and oh, that, and so what she was doing, everything she did is spectacularly, brilliantly awful. Yeah, um, and so I felt like in terms of that storyline, and you know, bringing Stephen thingy back, um, steven Graham, Stephen Graham, Stephen, oh, right. Stephen Graham, okay. that makes more sense. Uh, yeah, and you know, him kind of like you know, it was just acknowledged that everything was going to be. So it's kind of like, yeah, they're going to have to fit in the resolution to all of these subplots yeah. in this eighty-minute finale. It's gonna be exciting. See, were we more professional, we'd have saved a spot for it,
0: and we'd have come on first thing Monday morning, and we'd and we'd recorded a a reaction
2: like incredibly current (laughs) right after the finale airs, and we and we'd have talked about it. I and mean, we should bloody do that. considering they're not picking this out to Tuesday morning anyway. Why don't we just do that? I mean, you make a valid point. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's keep all this exciting. Yeah, let's
0: keep all um, this yeah, uh, planning yeah, yeah, in. Yeah, we'll keep all this planning in. Yeah, listeners, we may or may not come in with a discussion I mean, of I'm the finale. Watching it, so we'll it. see what happens. Yeah, it's I will. I will also sit. Best like well, you can count me out. I'll watch yeah, fucking I get, show anyway. Yeah. Be um. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Maybe we'll jump on and have a quick chat, Boydie. Right, we are here. It is Monday morning. We have seen the Peaky Blinders finale. Boyd, first impressions. Oh, I should probably say, before you give me oh. your first impression, hold that thought, hold that thought, I should probably say, since we have jumped on here, unplanned, to talk about the Peaky Finale, uh, there will obviously be spoilers. So, if you have yet to see the final episode of Peaky Blinders, please avoid between here and the other time that I will put in the description. So, you you have been warned. Okay, Boydie, hit me.
2: Yes. Um, I thought it was pretty great, yeah, all in all. I think you know it, it, it. Totally put into perspective what we've been saying. I think that you know the the series, the last season, has been quite event free, free of huge big action sequences, and yeah. this was like full of them, full of big. So it was like, I mean, talk about um, you know, it was completely weighed towards this this eighty minute effectively feature length climax to the series. Mm. And all along the way, you know, it'd been kind of building all the different elements, the different subplots, the different characters, um, the different members of the family, the different, you know, the people who uh Tommy wants to keep close to him, the people he suspects have betrayed him. And so there were like huge numbers of set pieces. There was the, you know, all kind of edited together um cutting across them simultaneously. And but I think it was completely and I thought that all well, that was quite exciting. There was one very there was another really long scene between Tommy and Arthur that I could have done without. They, he, <laughs> Stephen Knight yeah, really loves an epically long scene where they're both like tugging each other, fighting each other, drinking whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> being dissolute and you know angry and all that. It's really comical how he loves those sequences. And I was like, oh, another one. Um, that was a bit exhausting, went on and on. But that's, that was the only sequence I thought that outstayed its welcome. The rest of it was meticulously shot and um, the use of the music, magnificent radiohead, The finale, Um, and just the whole, the whole, uh, all the set pieces worked. I thought brilliantly, and the twist, the big twist, I did not see coming. I don't know about you. No, no. But I hundred percent did not see that coming, and I thought that was magnificent. I think it was really. I thought, you know, all the way through, I was like, how's he gonna? How's he really gonna provide a spectacularly satisfying, shocking, surprising? conclusion because in a way everything that was happening was like you'd kind of expect like i kind of expected the you know that the, when the ira woman was setting up that attack on arthur that he would turn the tables on. You kind of expect, you expect the tables to be turned generally when it comes to Shelby's being attacked. So they took a bit of a liberty with old Charlie's life there, didn't they? You know, like Charlie could have they taken did. a bullet in the face before they'd realised he wasn't Arthur. Yeah, right. That's true. That is true. Um And the same, you know, goes for, um, you know, the attempts on Tommy's life as well. You know, like, well, I, I'm pretty sure this isn't how he's going to go. And he's going to, he's going to, um he's going to find a way to um save himself. But the big twist, and it, the big twist also underlined why, kind of why they embroiled us in this whole Oswald Mosley, Diana Mitford storyline, building to the climax of their wedding, which really did. I remember, you know, reading about them, and they really did get married with Hitler there, with them celebrating their wedding in Berlin, and to use that as the big kind of twist, seeing him seeing their, their, the picture in the in the in the newspaper of the wedding, and seeing they had been betrayed mm. by his own doctor. Um, I thought it worked brilliantly. I thought that worked really well. I mean, it's to use the phrase it's stretched credulity, obviously. You know, that somehow... I mean, he was led to it by the ghost of his dead yeah. daughter, so... He yeah. was led to it by the ghost of his dead daughter in a in a little shack that he'd set himself up really near, close by the doctor. Wasn't he like... Because the doctor's <laughs> know, like, it's like... It's like, so you're on a hill overlooking it. Ah, he's on a hill <laughs> yeah. overlooking the doctor's mansion. It That was weird. I didn't... That yeah, was a bit random. Know, it was random. Well, I and wondered he's...
0: whether we're supposed to have assumed that he was further away and he moved there before going to visit him. But like, everything in the little... In his little caravan, was set out exactly the same way so I was like yeah. I don't know do
2: you know what I was like I'm not in a stress about this yeah I mean right it doesn't matter it just doesn't matter because such is the heightened you know um uh, grandiose operatic tone of the whole thing that you just go along with everything that happens pretty much so yeah. I, I, I thought it was pretty incredible, and, I, I, and the rug pull of that of that twist was fantastic. I, I thought that was incredibly satisfying, and it also made it really satisfying because even though it's open ended and Tommy's still alive and is going to go on to do whatever he does in the film, you know, it's still it's still made for a very satisfyingly shocking finale, and and that and and all the yeah. ramifications of it. I thought made it made it kind of fascinating and thought provoking and, and and exciting. How about you? Am
0: I the only person, though, who, when he saw the newspaper article, was looking at the, I was like, I have no fucking clue who that is. Like, why are you staring at this guy's face? I don't oh, know no. who that is. Oh, no, I got it immediately.
2: <laughs> he's, he's a very memorable... I had no idea. Oh, uh, yeah, no, I got that completely, um, Yeah. I was like, okay. who is this guy? I have no idea. Oh, that's funny. Uh, and oh,
0: that's I know we stunning. saw him at the beginning on the previously on, like to refresh yeah. it, but I wasn't paying attention during that. So I was just like, who is this guy? And it's only when he goes, oh, right, it's the doctor. Got it. Uh, yeah. So I was thinking, have I just missed the whole thread of this? Because I don't know who that is. That um, is funny. Yeah, I like, like to so get I, I, I thought it was stunningly sharp absolutely yeah. stunningly shot like it was just beautiful sort of like sweeping something but like the musical bit at the end just it had a real sort of scope sort of sweeping feel to it and I remember like when I talked to them about this when I talked to, to Murphy and Knight about this they were saying like what you know how would you describe this season and, and Murphy was like gothic he thought it was gothic I think mean, that that's actually a fair description because it has mm. that old-school gothic tale feel all the way through in a way that the other seasons haven't and part of that is you know the spiritual ghostiness of it uh and that that thread even when it's not on screen like when he talks to michael He's like you know, Polly comes to me in my dreams. She won't visit me anymore, and then shoots him in the eye because, of course, he does. Um, yeah, I like the way that it it, it it felt like it was laying emotional groundwork for this season. Then finally, we got the action to kind of pay it off. All of that said, all of that said, there were kind of a few things that kind of did bug me a little bit. And part of it was look, the mostly thing is very much being hoisted by their own petard because we know what happened. He's a historical figure. We know what yeah. happened to him. We know yeah. he doesn't get killed. So. You know, And we know the arc, you know, his trajectory, regardless of what Tommy does. So it felt a little bit like we've had Mosley in there now for two seasons and yeah. that's not resolved. And can it even be resolved cause he's a, because he's a historical figure? So I felt like that felt a little bit unsatisfying to me that that thread is still dangling. And, and there was a part of me that actually, you know, if Tommy had been ill and had shot himself in the caravan, that would have felt like a fitting end to this show. And it almost felt like him not being ill and carrying on almost felt like a bit of a cop-out. It felt a little unsatisfying to me. Like I thought, oh, and I know there's a film coming, so I know this isn't the end end, but it felt a little bit like, oh, this this just doesn't feel like the end. It feels like we are now waiting for this film, And I kind of, that wasn't the emotional sort of payoff I wanted at the end of this. So, so that, that would be my only quibble. That said, mm. I did like a lot of the things that happened. You know, I love that we managed to find a way to get Alfie Solomon's back in there because the scenes with Alfie are fantastic and Tom Hardy is brilliant. Uh, yeah. So that was a lot of fun. I thought that was great. And I like the fact that he tried to give everyone something to do. Like Arthur, who has spent most of this season just like sort of falling over, like, you know, drunk, like falling to pieces. He got to have his moment in some, a lovely sequence with Jeremiah, you know, the shootout in the, the, electrical sparks and the smoke and all that sort of stuff that was great that was really well done Uh, I like the fact that you know Curly, Johnny Dogs all the people who you like got in there I found the Finn thing quite surprising
2: yeah Yeah, a lot of people did Yeah, Finn's
0: been a character who's not really Let's be honest. Done anything throughout this entire show? Like he was young, yeah. and now he's been older, but he's never really had much to do. And to kind of summarily kind of bring him to the front and then excommunicate him from the family felt like a a
2: strange roll of the dice. Did you not know think? Absolutely, and you know what I think that is. I think that's setting up those the him and the and his and the and the new kid, Tommy's you know long lost son, in into the. Oh, Yeah, Duke for like the next generation. It's like *Peaky Blinders* the next generation for I'm assuming the film. Do you know what I mean? Like it feels like they're Mm. set up because he's like he lets him go and and they're now mortal enemies with you know family ties. It feels like that's a setup for something that's going to happen that they're going to be prominent characters. I feel in the next in whatever happens next Um, because yeah, it was weird. It was absolutely weird that he he was so. You know, a lot of people I saw on Twitter were saying, you know, what was he done? You know, what's he done to deserve that? And you know, yeah, it was yeah, odd.
0: It seemed a little odd. That whole sort of setup, you know, with Billy and everything, it felt a little bit like I don't want to say insubstantial, but you know what I mean. Like it felt inessential. All of that stuff did to it. And so, what's like we obviously at the moment now where we're left? Mosley's still at large with with Mitford. Uh, Uncle Jack is still. Presumably doing things, and he's probably unhappy. So that's another sort of stressful. Tommy doesn't have a caravan anymore because that bloke's manservant burnt it down. Yeah,
2: <laughs> he yeah. doesn't have a house either because he blew it up. <laughs> yeah, that, oh, that was good. The blow up of the blowing up of the house was. I mean, even though, even it was really though. Convincing really convincing really well done but, and even though it's, it is a cliche isn't it to have the 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 hero of your of your show of your film or TV show striding away in slow motion with a big explosion in the background that's such a cliche <laughs> but it worked it in was this cool. case because he was like oh he's really he's really um putting an end to things there yeah that was great yeah. that was very cool yeah as you say i i felt like
0: again like Stephen graham's always lovely to have him in everything because he's fantastic but it felt a little bit like he didn't
2: need to be here oh 100% like his, yeah. his role that was, was like, so like it was window yeah. dressing. That mm. was like I really want to get Stephen Graham in the show because everyone loves Stephen Graham, and it would be great to have a new Let's guest just star. Make and, him up a role. <laughs> yeah, give him. Yeah, that that he, they could have given him something else to do. Yeah, um, that's true. But I still think, yeah, I still think it kind of delivered. And I don't agree with you. I think, I, I think if Tommy had killed himself in that little thing with all the, I, I think that would have been a very. I think it would have been. Just predictable, and, and and I don't know. I, I find, I to be honest, there's a, as a per, personal taste, but I find any kind of suicides ending to a thing a cop out. Generally, I don't, I don't, I'm not a fan of that as 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 a. Um, and I think he was always dangling it. You know, I mean, I mean, it, it, and I thought he he was, also, yeah. you know, to have the the ending of season five being is Tommy going to kill himself while he's holding a gun to his own head? You know, and then have him do it, and then do it again, relive that moment effectively you know, in another setting, but just actually go through with it. I thought that would have been, that would have been terrible. I'm, I'm, I'm very glad you're not in charge of the show if you would have wanted that. Yeah. <laughs> I um, think everyone so, is. <laughs> uh, everyone is. <laughs> They'd have been in space for a start, so. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. So I thought actually Stephen Knight found a very clever way out of that. Because, yeah, if you're told that, I mean, obviously that's what the, that's what all the bad is. That's what the the fascists Mosley and and the doctor wanted to happen is for him to assume he's going to die and kill himself because he's going to end up in a horrible situation. The doctor made it quite clear, isn't he, that, he, that his descent into um to the end is going to be horrible and nasty. That's why he wanted to mm. remove himself from the family, etc. Um, that whole far fetched storyline, <laughs> but um, so but I thought it was a very clever way of extricating the character from having to kill himself which was always a kind of hint and implication, and also not have him killed by anyone else, which is obviously another theme, that he survives all of these attacks. In fact, there, was a, there, was a, there were a couple of lines of dialogue, weren't there, where he literally said, yeah. you know, they can try and kill me and shoot me, but, you know... I survive or whatever. So I thought it was satisfying. I thought it was very satisfying. It did, it, it did Slight. I, I get your, take your point about the Mosleys and, and all of that completely. Um, and I wonder whether, I mean, I know you, I, I've interviewed Stephen Knight before as, as as you did as well more recently, but he pretty much maintains, doesn't he, that he makes it up as he goes along. He does, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I wonder whether in I this I think he
0: showed this season more than it yeah. has in the past.
2: Oh, well, I was going to say that I think at some point he came up with this twist. With the whole idea of the plot to be told by his doctor that he's going to die, uh, that that was a, pl- a, a a planning thing because it's too neat it, in a way. it's a, it's a, otherwise as I've been I've been saying for a couple of weeks the whole the whole point of the Moseley plot is is there it is a bit pointless. So sh- you're right because we know what happens to him historically, but in this it became a key part of the whole machinations of the plot and also gave us the joy of the scene in the House of Commons you know where he thought they were actually going to have sex on the benches yeah. you know um, with Diana Mitford <laughs> and and with Tommy was mm. really was really funny um, and kind of sick and twisted and everything you want um, so I thought that it adds to the I thought the, the whole fascism thing added, added to the texture of the show right I think it added to the whole it made it, it added a whole level of fascination and intrigue the extent to which um, Tommy was going along with their politics for whatever reason but then in the end when it proved to be a key part of the twist and the reason why he ends up as he does not killing himself and then carrying on and whatever happens in the future I thought worked pretty well the one really ridiculous moment was when Tommy made the paper aeroplane (laughs) and the best paper aeroplane ever was swooped over the benches to Diana Mitford and she caught it I was like how many takes was that? Yeah, beautiful. But, I mean, it must have been CGI paper airplane, must have been. But I need to know. I need to know the behind-the-scenes details of that. But th- yeah. those characters have been brilliant. So they've been. You know, sometimes I think. You know, from Stephen Knight, it's like, why don't I incorporate these sick, twisted, real-life people that the people, you know, he's educating people watching it as well, that these people really did exist, and this is the stuff they got up to. And at the same time, they work as a very entertaining, you know, um, element of this, of the of the last two series, and they, they work to uh, lead to the big twist at the end. Yeah, look, I mean, look, it was, I think, I, it felt to me like this was a very different
0: season. I think all the other seasons have had this kind of structure where it's felt like all the dominoes are being set up, and then they all come falling down in the final episode. And all the pieces kind of pay off, and this one didn't really seem to do that. It meandered quite a lot early on, and I think instead of going for kind of plot developments, it went for emotional foundations. Like it was all about Tommy's emotional journey, like, and all the stuff yeah. with his daughter and the very. And I remember when I spoke to him about it. I said, "What are you looking for from the finale?" And he was like, a "Kind of an unconventional redemption." So he's looking for kind of redemption mm-hmm. for Tommy, which I guess he got to a certain extent. Whereby his whole thing is he spent his whole life kind of dallying with death. You know, he came back from the war. You know, was he alive? Was he dead? Is he going to kill himself? is he not? And it almost feels like he's died and come out the other side by the end of this. So it feels like he's kind of been reborn in a way, which is an interesting one. But I think that lack of... Coherent plot-based structure in this season, I think, made it feel a little bit listless for me. Beautifully done. Like I say, it was a lovely mood piece and I really mm. enjoyed the character stuff. I just maybe would have liked it to have been a little more grounded in actual things happening. <laughs> but, you know, you can't have everything.
2: No, I I, I do agree with that. But I guess it's like a Stephen Knight. It weirdly, it, it, you know, it's been on BBC One now. What, how many series has it been on BBC? It's like BBC One, primetime, Sunday night, the, the biggest, mm. most mainstream slot. And actually, the show's got kind of weird and more indulgent hasn't it as it's gone on to the point where as you say this series was the least plotty and the and the least Mm. kind of old school gangster saga of them all and the most kind of yeah character in-depth intense operatic character study gothic as you say and 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 it's primetime bbc one on a sunday night is it's it's quite insane that it's ended up i mean brilliant in a way you know but but yeah it's fascinating that that, that, and it is a it's the kind of phenomenon where what if you're a fan of it if you're like we are and i think all fans of it would have still really really enjoyed the season generally um yeah. but yeah newcomers i think would have been bewildered as to if you <laughs> if, you, if you came fresh to it <laughs> can you imagine yeah and you know they would have thought what what the fuck this show is so kind of both over yeah. the top and self-indulgent and and a bit much, just generally. Well you have to
0: earn it, don't you? I think he'd earned this season with the previous five. Like you couldn't have started with yeah. this, it never would have been picked up. But uh, you know, I get it. And it's it's uh, I and certainly his process, like understanding how he writes it, that like, makes a lot of sense of this season. Like I can totally see. It's interesting how you say about the doctor, but it really wouldn't shock me if Knight were to say that when he wrote that caravan scene and he puts his gun to his temple that as he was writing he had no clue whether or not he was going to pull the trigger it really wouldn't surprise me if it's like because often Lee Child does the same thing when he writes the Reacher books makes it up as he goes along but then once he's finished his first draft, presumably he goes back and sort of smooths it out lays in a bit of foreshadowing and makes it feel slightly more hung together but the actual journey of writing that first draft is city of pants on a wild horse no idea what's going to happen i could be wrong he might have planned
2: it all along but you know it's a really good question i really want to know when he thought of that twist it's such a it's such a satisfying twist that that's why i suspect that you know he must have had that idea a while before he, he 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 wrote the scene where tommy may or may not kill himself i i don't know i find that difficult to believe all right well that was it. That was it. Peaky Blinders is
0: done until the movie, which I think starts shooting in 2023, so we might see it in 2024. Is it? So actually, it will be uh, less okay. of a wait than between seasons five and six, potentially. Uh, but we'll right, see. Right, right. We'll see. Okay. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see what he does with the movie. Yeah, exactly. It will be fascinating to see where it goes next. Super. We return you now to your regularly scheduled programming. Uh, well, we should probably move on to this week's listener Question, which, <laughs> in an interesting twist, I uh, I sent a selection of three questions <laughs> to Boyd and Beth and they chose a fourth. I'm not quite sure how it happened but it did. I sent one and there was something else in the screen grab and instead of going for the one I said should we do this, this or this they went I no, let's do
2: this. I didn't realise that. I thought that no, was one of your suggestions. Either.
0: No, yeah. Yeah. it was Especially. actually So your own fault. So, so, <laughs> so, so, one of our listeners, Stephen Shires had sent in a question Perfectly good question. You know, it's nice. It was about CBBC, but fine. But apparently, he sent in another one in January, which was also on this particular screen grab, and they picked that one. But fuck it, you know. So this is this is calling back to a joke from several months ago about, Ooh. however, what is even about the two hundred hours? Oh hour my thing? god,
1: you said you'd watch like forty episodes of the Expanse. Oh, that was and it, was and you—that's like... Like, two hundred hours. Yes, <laughs> Me, the, yes, the absolute dad that I am. was that like Two hundred hours of the Expanse.
0: Well, in an incredibly timely fashion (laughs) Stephen Shire said back then when that joke was still fresh uh, after discovering the amazing news that there is over 200 hours of the expanse (laughs) wink wink nudge nudge what other TV shows did the panel wish were 200 hours
2: long (laughs) <laughs> and, and for some reason you two decided this is a question you wanted to answer because you know it was the easiest <laughs> because it involved the least research Unbelievable. the others like, I don't know what's on CBVs and no yeah, but I, just, that's that's I thought
0: great. we could take a trip down memory lane uh, and start talking memory about charters lane. we could have been talking about like Jason the Wheeled Warriors that before though haven't we uh, probably you, should, you, you can never do to that too much. Yeah, it's probably. just Green Shield
2: basically um, so last question Green Shield <laughs> for that one <laughs> <laughs> I, what, what struck me about the um, more episodes thing in general basically if you Sim- simplify it to what show should have more episodes. should have more episodes. Mm-hmm. The obvious example this week uh, we're going this is like flow over into news flow over crossover. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very tired. <laughs> up since six a.m. Um, Boy, it's been through a blizzard already I this been morning. Through a blizzard I'm into the yeah. New Forest and back. Oh, anyway, it's a sin. Which was nominated for eleven BAFTAs this very week. Yeah. We'll talk about the movie. We'll get to that. We'll yeah. get to that. But famously, when I interviewed Arasu Davis for Empire magazine, he told me that he wanted like eight episodes at least. He envisioned it as a, in, as a much more epic you know um longer series where all the more characters and all the lives of the characters would be explored more fully um and channel four because for financial reasons mainly i think we're like no we've only got enough money for five pretty much but in the end it ended up being a brilliant thing because everyone you know famously stayed up and watched all those five episodes when as soon as they arrived that Friday, I think it was, in February 2021. And it became the most watched thing ever, practically, on all four. And it really served the series brilliantly. And it, fo- and it I think it focused... It's so, such a densely packed series of emotion and humour and character and story, etc., that it worked brilliantly. But I would love to see the eight-part version of It's a Sin. And um, in general, like, Russell T. Davis shows that have, you know, these gaggles of characters, these, like, families and groups of characters and friends and stuff that he brilliantly depicts. You know, you get to know these characters and you feel you know them after about five minutes, usually. More of those, I think that's the dream, really, yeah. So more Russell T. Davis shows, longer, more episodes, more characters.
1: But you know, my... I famously don't think shows would be more than thirty minutes indeed and yeah. six episodes. Yeah. <laughs> so it would take a lot. I think one what I will answer that question is a show that I think could plausibly last for 200 hours would be Gilmore Girls because oh, of the sheer don't doesn't
0: it already um, I mean
1: <laughs> there's, just just like think about how you're feeling right now because this is how I feel every single yeah. episode but <laughs> well, your heart just did that little sink and you were like oh god here we go again <laughs> this is what I feel every is your
0: permanent single All right. week that's fair
1: Um, because <laughs> it has the ability to centre an entire episode around for example a cat's way uh, or a minor, a minor scuffle outside of you know a corner, a corner shop outside a grocery store, where you know someone bumps into their ex-boyfriend, and that's the whole episode. Um, so I feel like that is that is definitely a, a show that could plausibly go on for two hundred episodes and keep up that momentum because the stakes are so impossibly low that you could keep that kind of trending along for forever, basically. So yeah, that's mine.
0: You and are you're right. The, you're... the stakes are impossibly low,
1: <laughs> <laughs> like hilariously low. It's like the yeah. mildest peril ever. Just like an, an especially old ailing cat dies, and that's that's an episode. It's ah, oh, it's so good.
2: Oh yeah, similarly, like you know, Seinfeld was always yeah. had like the most trivial plot. You know, plots that would be turned into huge, big epic.
1: I mean, um, that was part of the joke, wasn't yeah, it? Right. In itself, mm,
2: yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, fusilli being the wrong shape and stuff like that, and you know, <laughs> just plucked up out of the air. Um, yeah, it's it's yeah, those kind of tiny, minor details and spinning them out into. I mean, how many episodes? Actually, interesting. How many episodes of Seinfeld there were? You know, there are 180 episodes of Seinfeld anyway, which is quite a lot. Oh wow! <laughs> so um, yeah, I mean, those big American primetime network shows do literally have hundreds of episodes getting yeah. off the 400 that we that we that we talked about but yeah. I could have done with more done with more certainly yeah i mean i could 100% do with 200 hours of the expanse it goes without saying but not least for
3: because the
0: final season of that was truncated it was shorter there would have been otherwise and also because it only covered the first I was it like six books? Whereas you got seven, eight, and nine, which was never got. Plus the short story that caps it all off. So there's uh, mm. there's there's a there's a lot there that was left untapped. But for me, it's it's spending time with characters, spending time in worlds. Like I, sometimes I can't get bored of that something like Battlestar Galactica as well I could have watched endless hours of that just because I liked being with those characters like being in that world even the West Wing would have been amazing even if they had mm. like passed out that administration brought in another administration just the rhythm of it and the comfort of it I-, I could have watched that forever but it's balancing that ability to spend more time with characters you love with you want to be able to remember something so the X-Files is a good example Nick Samlin editor of Empire magazine lover of the X-Files had never watched after David Duchovny left. I'd never watched any of it. He always goes, oh, S-Files one of my favourite shows. I'm like, Nick, you've literally not watched like five seasons. What are you talking about? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, because he stopped at that point and didn't want it. And he stopped the West Wing, crucially when Aaron Sorkin left and never went back to it. Wow. Um, but so he's now watching the X-Files now and he's going through and he's watching it and there is a sense and I can see it in his eyes his affection for X-Files is dimming because he's now having to sit through hours and hours and hours, can hours see of...
2: in his eyes, are you sitting there next to him on the yes watching. <laughs> I'm just gazing
0: into his eyes as he watches X-Files <laughs> but, but like disturbing. It, he's seeing he's seeing the quality of the show dwindle mm. and people yeah. always say oh you know don't get upset with Star Wars prequels and stuff because the addition of new stuff doesn't lessen the stuff that came before except it fucking does yes. <laughs> because it all gets tarred with the same brush and it's hard to see the stuff you loved in isolation it becomes tainted by all this other stuff as well so it does affect that stuff that came before that you love because you can't help then seeing that stuff through the lens of the bigger picture uh and that that mm. stuff bugs the shit out of me so it can it, you know it can be detrimental we didn't need 200 hours of the x-files they should have just stopped uh and they didn't and that was sad Scrubs as well. That final season of Scrubs,
2: which was incredibly ill-conceived, but stop with it now. But what we re- this question is really: what shows are we saying should have gone on longer? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's yeah, and, yeah. I, and that is a rare. I all mean, the ones I like is the yeah, answer. <laughs> yeah. basically the items are the ones you like. Yeah, yeah. Girls could have gone on longer. I thought you know those yeah. characters they could there's you know they could go on and on and on. Like, for me, was there six seasons really? Six sixty episodes, I think, roughly. But but then yeah.
0: we have got to compare times, haven't we? Because like if you go back fifteen years. 100 percent give me more of this stuff. Whereas now I think we're at a point where and I'm a little bit with death. When I see a show now, it's like slow horses, six episodes.
3: Come on! Yeah, you
0: know, I'm you know, like, it's... I might get through that.
3: Yeah.
0: Whereas mm. if something drops, it's like it's 20 episodes. I'm like, what are you doing to me? Like I remember I felt like that every time Netflix dropped one of those Marvel shows. I was like, on the one hand, I'm really excited to see it, but on the other hand, fucking hell. Because <laughs> um, oh, yeah. yeah. you because there's a there's a genuine worry that you're not gonna get to the end of it because you're just being bombarded. I mean, it's a nice problem to have, but being bombarded. On all sides by great television.
2: So there's a lot vying for our attention. It's quite funny when, didn't, with Servant, M. Night, you remember originally they, they they made it, they went on about how they were going to do five seasons, I think, 50 episodes. Mm. Then M. Night, Chevron, kind of suddenly went, actually, no, 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 let's just end the next, <laughs> the next series. So they're not going to do that many. And I think that's the wise decision because. In some ways, that, that's a series that feels stretched. And yet, at the same time, I love watching it. Even even the episodes that don't know nothing much happens. Yeah. I still think it's a brilliant atmosphere.
0: It's a mood piece, isn't yeah, it? Love, it's there's the something mood. about the yeah.
2: people and the environment yeah. and the weirdness of it is quite sinister.
0: Mm. It's a good one. But uh, yeah, so I know, 200 hours of anything is, is probably asking a bit much in this day and age. But, you know, I'm, I'm open to certain possibilities it's um, big of you <laughs> yeah <laughs> thank you uh, if you would like your question broadly ignored in favour of one from several months ago then feel free to send it to us on Instagram or Twitter preferably Twitter uh, at Pilot TV Pod uh, and we will pick it up there uh, One, maybe one of the ones that we should have done this week we'll do next week who knows? Uh, who knows indeed. Uh, time now for this week's guest. You should all know Alison Brie, star of the likes of Glow and Community, both of which Beth is very, very excited about. So Beth was thrilled when she got to sit down with Alison this week and talk about Raw, which is her new show on Apple TV+, which starts on Friday the 15th of April. Let's hear what happened when Beth, who is now re-watching Community, as you've heard, got in the room with Alison.
1: Madison. Hi. Uh, I'm so happy to be speaking with you. How are you? Oh, I'm wonderful. Thank you. Wonderful. And I'm so happy to see you on screen in this, in this show. I did want to ask, I mean, you're back with uh, Liz and Carly, obviously of Glow Fame. What did it feel like to be back on set with them again?
4: It was wonderful. It was an, it was an amazing reunion and it felt, um, Extremely special because GLOW had been canceled during COVID at a time when none of us could see each other in person. So to be back on set with Liz and Carly and with a large uh, number of people from our crew from GLOW, uh, it, it was really nice. It was like some great closure for me. It was kind of, We all got to kind of, you know, uh, just to talk about, you know, just kind of like decompress and kind of talk about the experience of of glow and then kind of get to work on this show again. It was it was really it was really wonderful. It was some nice closure. Oh, I'm really ple- I mean I'm not pleased it is under those circumstances, <laughs> but I'm pleased you got that at
1: least. Um and was that the draw for you? Because I mean Becky's such a wonderfully kind of robust character on top of the concept of the episode you're in like Mm -hmm. was it that was it Liz and Carly was it a case they could have come to you with like anything and you've been like absolutely yes
4: (laughs) yes absolutely I before I even read the episode they called me and you know they said we're making this feminist anthology series for Apple TV. Nicole Kidman's a producer and is starring in one of the episodes. Do you wanna do one? We're gonna send it to you. I was like, yes, I'm in. When do we start? <laughs> and then and then was like, yes, I'll read it. Okay, fine. Um, but yes, I would do anything with them. I love working with them. I am so inspired by them. I really admire their commitment to telling female stories, to creating content by women, starring women, um, but that's really for everyone. That's also really entertaining and, you know, can be uh, devoured by anyone is is really exciting to me. And and the concept of the show also was very different from anything I'd ever heard about and, and tonally sounded very different and exciting. So there are really a lot of of draws to this for me. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I mean, what was your read on Becky
4: when you first read her? Right. Well, first of all, just uh, just on a superficial level, it was exciting to me coming off of Glow and Ruth, who was such a non-superficial character, right? And 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 that was something that was really new for me. Actually, playing Ruth w- w- was in a really literal way that I wore no makeup except when we were wrestling, of course, and wore all the makeup. Um, But, you know, Ruth in her daily life, it was like, I had this crazy haircut that (laughs) was my real hair that I was wearing all the time in life. I wore no makeup. We were in these little leotards. It was like you were very vulnerable and exposed. So then to kind of read this character, Becky, who thinks a lot about her appearance or when she was alive, she thought a lot about her appearance and was, was very much like seeking attention from men. And she wears a lot of makeup and, you know, discussing kind of what her, costume would be and what the look of it would be and the spray tans that we would do for the episode. It was just kind of exciting to do something different and explore a different side of being a woman, a different aspect of of what that means and what those expectations can be. I I like this kind
1: of an agency to that with her though as well. She's not kind of seen as silly or ditzy. It's um,
4: very much a part of how she kind of values herself. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, that the episode speaks to not judging women based on how they look you know uh just because a woman wears a lot of makeup doesn't mean that she's not intelligent and driven um you know or deserving of life a non-violent life yeah it's not not a lot we ask for (laughs) yeah yeah Um, (laughs) i do have to say that you in this really
1: interesting position where your character sees themselves Dead. You see yourself dead, and you have to act mm. off the fact that you are seeing yourself dead on screen. Like how? How was that? I mean, you're super dead. <laughs> in it <and>
4: you have <laughs> to kind of you're confronted with that. What was that like? It was interesting. I mean, it was not my first time playing my own dead body. So I guess the 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 morbid aspect of it was like not on my radar, Uh, it was kind of a fun challenge, really, because, you know, there's a certain amount of special effects involved in that where they shoot me as the dead body. And then when I'm myself, there's a there's a double or there's, you know, nobody (laughs) that you're sort of acting off of envisioning myself dead was an interesting acting exercise for sure.
1: <laughs> I can imagine. I can only imagine. Um, I mean, you've you've mentioned you're you're really drawn to these kind of studies of the female experience and new ways of showing them. Is that what's kind of driving you at the moment? Because you've obviously you've been in like milestone television of such varying concepts and genres and voices. Like, I'd love to know what is driving you at this stage of your career.
4: I think it's um, risk. You know, uh, I I think that I'm constantly looking for things that scare me a little, that are different from things that I've done before. I'm always kind of wanting to push a boundary, even if it's just a personal boundary, you know, and try things that are new and different. And that is what's most exciting to me in my work. Um, So something like this was extraordinary because it truly is unlike anything. It's unlike anything I've read. I can't even really compare it to something else that I've seen. Mm. And that felt a little scary. And even reading the episode, it was kind of like, you know, there's a there's a heavy dose of comedy in my episode, but there's also some very real emotions that we're examining and some very heavy themes about violence against women. So it was an interesting balancing act. And that was kind of exciting to, to know that it was going to be an evolving conversation and a collaboration on set. And every day we got to set, it was like, all right, what is this scene? How is this gonna work? And 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 that was exciting, that not knowing it was exciting. And how is that? Because I'm I'm super interested by the fact you've
1: pivoted to writing, especially in the last few years. How is that informing your writing as well? I mean, are there any Stories you're absolutely dying to tell that kind of fuel that risk appetite or just stuff that you really want to see on screen that you could be the person to kind of bring onto it
4: yeah sure i I guess the way that I've written things it's it's motivated by it's it's weirdly more motivated by genre or by character, uh, you know, my desires to play a certain type of woman. And then I sort of backtrack into the story from there. Um, and it's been an, an extremely empowering process for me to get to create my own work and uh, really build from the ground up, as I said, the type of character that I that I want to play or that I don't feel like I've seen on screen or that I haven't had a chance to portray it's 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 very fulfilling
1: and who was informing you growing up like you play these incredible characters we have got to throughout like
4: who was speaking to you when you're like a kid on the small screen on the small screen it's tough I think about I used to really watch a lot of um HBO. <laughs> so it really was the small screen, but it was like any movie that was on HBO in the 90s. Yeah. I was watching it like over and over, you know. Uh, so there are all these actresses from that time, like Holly Hunter and Sigourney Weaver and Annette Bening um, and Frances McDormand, uh, really amazing character actresses who worked in a lot of different genres who I was extremely um, inspired by watching their work and, and seeing all the different roles that they were able to take on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I wanted, again, like, I just find this such an interesting time to speak with you with this, like, canon of amazing characters. Like, who do you get stopped on the street for the most? Like, who do people come up to you and say they loved you in this?
4: It, it has to be community the most, which is is... It's impressive, I think, the way that that show (laughs) has already stood the test of time in a small way. And certainly with things like streaming now, you know, during uh, COVID, community went up on Netflix. So it was exposed to a wider audience than we had had while we were on the air. And so that was really exciting, I think, to see. Uh, new people that were just finding the show and also avid fans who were watching it for a second time or a third time. uh, And and their enthusiasm for the show was really endearing and and really sweet. It's such a funny, it's strange because you really don't know which are going to be the things that people relate to the most. And it's not always the thing that that resonated the most with me. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> yeah, of course. I remember the read at the beginning of lockdown was like a big savior for a lot of people. That must've been yeah. lovely. And you're Oh, it really a- was. Yeah. Yeah. And then you reunited with Danny, of course. How's that felt like to be back with
4: him? Like I'm so overjoyed by all the photos and seeing you both together. It was incredible. Well, this is another great thing about writing my own work is then I get to uh, populate those projects with people that I love. <laughs> so it was so fun to work with Danny Pooty again. I love Danny. he he's one of my closest friends. I, he honestly feels like a brother to me. and being back on set together, was like, no time has passed. But truly, I think that there is a language that we created, all of us, the cast of community, that we sort of spoke on set. And right away, Danny and I are back into those inside jokes. And we have everyone else on set being like, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and that's fine with us <laughs> It's a cool club It's a cool club It's a, it's a great It's a fine It's a fine
1: club <laughs> I mean, I always don't want to ask about Glow Because it just It just makes me so sad But something that I really admired About you and Ruth Is that you did a lot of your own stunts You did a lot of that yeah. training and
4: stuff yourself What was your favourite move? Oh, uh, the sunset flip the sunset flip is my favorite move. It involves uh, one woman bends forward like she's going to touch her toes. Right. The other woman runs at her full speed, dives over her to the point where we'd have to fully get our head in between the woman's legs. And you pull them down on top of you. It becomes into this becomes a sort of backward somersault move. I love that move. Betty and I did it many times. I did it to her. She did it to me. Um, It was one of those moves where it was really scary to learn. Um, And like a lot of the moves in wrestling, you can't half-ass it. You really can't (laughs) do it at half speed. You know, it's like that's how you get injured. So you kind of, because there's no halfway, you really had to kind of learn the mechanics of it walk through it and then just fully commit to doing it. And that was one of the biggest lessons of glow in every way was about fearlessness. You know, it was about really feeling confident in yourself and running full force at things. And I feel like I've really taken it with me from the show.
1: Oh, I'm thrilled that that's, yeah, that's come with you. And I know you said this was crazy for you and and maybe glow isn't in your future, but I mean, is there hope for your creative team and and the co kind of maybe doing other
4: stuff moving forward? I mean, I'd I'd love to see that myself. Oh, I wish. I mean, I hope so. I, this was such a treat to work with Liz and Carly again on this and Betty Gilpin is in an episode as well. So, and you know, Chris Lowell who played bash on glow is in my (laughs) episode. So, uh, there was a fair amount of this feeling in the family. And I certainly hope that we can make more things together. Um, because I just adore them. I love working with them and I love the type of stories that they are interested in telling. Amazing. Well, here's hoping. Um, it's been
1: such a joy speaking with you, Alison. Thank you so much. Thank you.
0: That was Alison Bree. Right. Shall we talk about news? I guess we should begin. With the television BAFTAs, yes. shouldn't we, Boyd? Yeah, we bloody will. tell us about the television BAFTAs. Do
1: you know, what? I'm always so much more excited by the TV BAFTAs than the film these days, I will say. Mm. Just yeah. to set it off on a good note. Oh, no, yeah.
0: Mm. Well, Beth, you Beth, your excitement is palpable. Tell us about the BAFTAs. Oh, well, now you've caught me off guard.
1: <laughs> Boyd always leads very well with this. Well, It's a good one, isn't it? Because it's a Sins leading with something like, is it 11 11, nominations? Correct, yeah. Which is fantastic. Um, God, I'm just going through just a really, really great range of performances and shows. Seven for
0: landscapers. Yeah. Were you surprised by that?
2: Yeah, I was surprised, but I think it fully deserved because it was... um, Beautifully made. Beautifully Mm. made, a completely original take on the true crime genre. The (laughs) amazing thing about that is it's got seven nominations, which doesn't include a nomination for Olivia Colman. Yes, David. Th- you'd think David threw this nomination. What is? Leave a comment.
1: Enter the Baftas. Coleman, right?
2: Abandoned by the Film Baftas yeah. for her, I think, best performance ever yeah. in that film. whose name of title I've forgotten. The
1: Lost Daughter. The Lost yes, Daughter. Thank I agree you. With you. Yes.
2: Um, and she was brilliant in this as yeah. well. And weirdly, and there were six nominees by the way in all of the performers' categories, yeah. and she hasn't made it in. It's weird. She's really so, fucked
1: someone off a Quite <laughs> clearly, yeah.
2: Um, so. So that's all, but I do think it deserves. It, it was it, it. was just a spectacularly beautiful, weird kind of uh, approach to the whole yeah. True Crime thing. So I think it's brilliant. Six nominations each for Help and Time. Yeah, yeah. which is quite fun. So because they're quite difficult, easy to confuse, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. both monosyllable yeah. titles with four letters, starring Stephen Graham. Both very well deserving. Yeah, mate. Stephen yeah. Graham has been nominated for both as well. Yeah. yeah. So um, fantastic! He would win for Help. Yeah, probably. Yeah, he should win for help. And we are Lady Parts got six nominations. That was lovely. Yeah. That was a lovely surprise. It's I genuinely didn't see that coming. Yeah. Mm. yeah. for
1: we are Lady Parts. Oh, well, I was
2: going to say what so the the Royal Television Society, which is whose awards are up there in terms of prestige with the BAFTAs. Yeah. They held their ceremony this week and we are Lady Parts won a <laughs> few and that, I was in the table next to them and they were it, they, re, they were so brilliantly pl- thrilled oh, you can imagine. Love it. So that was amazing to see that in action. Um five for, for sex education. Yeah. And four for a very British scandal. Yeah. Which were mostly technical ones. But um it was great to see Sarah Phelps Phelpsy on Twitter kind of hailing all the different uh, achievements yeah. creative achievements of a very British scandal
1: I was so happy you know what my favourite category was was female Gone. performance in a comedy programme oh, Amy yeah. Leowood for sex education Ashlyn B for This Way Up uh, and Jen Vassan for We Are Lady Parts Natasha Dimitriou for Starlet's Flats Rose Matafeo for Star Trek Star Trek I, I'd love it if she did Star Trek
0: <laughs> Star Trek is a show I would watch <laughs> Not off with Star Trek and Star Struck
1: I'd watch that after is it okay yeah. um, Rose Matafeyo for Star Struck and um, yeah so Sophie uh Willen for Alma's um, Not Normal. Yeah. What a category. A
2: brilliant category.
1: Strong category. A very strong
2: category. But you know my favourite of all the nominees? Hick. Hey. Come on. in the male performance male performance in the comedy programme?
1: Is it Jamie Dimitri, No. Well, it should be.
2: It's not. <laughs> it's No, I love Jamie Dimitri. I love Joe Gilgan in Nick Brassick. I love Shuti Gatwa in Sex Education. Mm, yeah. I love Samson Kayo in Bloods. I really love Tim Renko in Jerk. But,
1: no, no. But. Obvious. It's so obvious, though. <laughs> you say That's that. so obvious. You
2: say it's what? obvious, what? but actually... He has not been nominated in any other of the awards, Big Award, TV Awards things, recently.
1: Maybe it's just not very good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Steve Coogan. We're talking about Steve Coogan. We're talking about Steve Coogan. I'm Alan Partridge. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes, thank fuck so this time. He is so brilliant. Has he
1: never been nominated oh, no, before? No, I'm not saying that. He no. has been nominated before. Okay. I,
2: but, but he just hasn't been nominated for a while, I don't think, okay. even though I haven't checked. And um, <laughs> that show hasn't been... That's the only nomination for that show. And yeah. I think it's... Massively, gigantically underrated.
1: Right. Yeah. Okay. But
2: I think his performance is fucking it just gets better and better and better in that in as Alan Partridge. But yeah, that's my own obsession. <laughs> I do admit. There are lots of other very exciting nominees.
1: It's interesting, succession's not really in there. Well it's in the isn't it not in it's the in international? The international, but considering it's predominantly Now UK creatives behind it the
2: interesting thing about the rules the BAFTA rules yeah it's quite complicated as far as I'm aware it is in the international category yeah Yeah. that performers can be nominated British performers um, in American shows can be nominated and have been there are some acting performance nominations for succession yeah but I don't think it's actually eligible in every single category. Well, it's quite complicated. And it used to be that an American show would just be in the international, wouldn't have any other nominees, but they have widened it out a bit. But I don't know if they've widened it out fully. I should have checked it um, before I started on this rambling explanation. But, I mean, the, you have to give them the international category. Uh, I mean, that is a reflection of the brilliance of these, of these programs because you've got, I think you've got seven. Um, call My Agent. Yeah. Lupin, yeah. one of my favorites. Yeah. Mayor of Easttown, mm-hmm. Squid Game, yep. Succession itself, and the Underground Railroad. Mm. That is, you know, I mean, is that actually is that six? I can't count. <laughs> That's, that is six. Um, but that, that is an excellent reflection of you know the brilliant shows.
1: This is what I mean. Just yeah. just r- rarely disappoints me. Yeah, it, it's yeah. very strong.
2: And do you remember when we reviewed Too Close, the psychological thrill on ITV Maybe. with Denise Gough and Emily Watson, and I predicted. Which one was, was that? Fun. It was the one where um Emily Watson was like the psychologist dealing with um Denise Goff, who committed Ooh, this horrendous yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. It was like kind of Science of the Lamb up. Yeah, that which, was I seem to recall that being good. Yeah, it was it, it was great, but those two were brilliant and they are both been nominated for yeah. it. It was quite a kind of on the surface, quite a pulpy kind of show, but actually it ended up being quite, I think, quite a profound, mm. kind of intelligent exploration of of um Trauma—just the T word. Every show has trauma in it these days, <laughs> but it, it was pretty powerful. That, and they're up against Jodie Comer um, for help, Kate Winslet for *Maverick Town*. Crazy. Talking of nominees for American shows, yeah. Uh, Lydia West for It's a Sin and Neve Algar for That Deceit which I didn't like but that was the Colin Stagg dramatization where she played the undercover yeah that's right god, which I thought it was a terrible show I have to say but <laughs> she, was, she was really good in it she was good in it so yeah. that is it yeah I mean do you
1: know what I've seen Lydia West in a trailer for recently that has absolutely baffled me she's going to be in Mike Myers' Netflix show <laughs>
2: oh my god that's yeah.
1: brilliant yeah I mean, it was one of those flash seconds yeah. wow. in the trailer wow and I was like
2: like Joe lights at the Oscars you know, Do you see Joe Lycett? No, I Who's didn't. There at the Oscars in the in the brilliant. in the, the uh, auditorium. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. Um, Do you know who Joe Lycett is? Not a clue, James. Is he a footballer? Most, no, he's one of the most popular um, comedians and comedic presenters, right? And now in in the country, yeah. great, yeah. yeah. But yeah,
1: yeah she's going to be in the that's the brilliant Pente Verite or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I just couldn't believe it. That's great. Almost as surprising as seeing, like, because, like, Jennifer Saunders is going to be on that show. It's got a really great cast. And then, yeah, Lydia... Not oh. I'm saying she's not worthy of being in there. It's just like, oh, good for you.
2: Well, that's brilliant, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. I mean, she, she could she could do, like, pretty much anything, get the feeling, don't you? The, yeah, you know, definitely. Big American shows, yeah. Um, comedy, drama, anything.
1: Well, yeah. this looks absolutely batshit. So, yeah, it's going to be fun it to watch her batshit, do something yeah. like that. I
2: didn't even notice it was her.
0: I've got a question for you. Go I've got on. a question for you. So, uh, something surprised me. is In single drama, I am Victoria is in there. Yeah. Now, I Am Victoria's fantastic, that's the Saran Jones yeah. episode of uh, Dominic Savage's second series, but I wouldn't have, I mean, I guess, I, I understand how it slipped in there, but single drama? That feels like an episode of the second season of an anthology show,
2: rather well, than a single drama. Now like, you're really getting to the complicated, long grass of BAFTA category. Yeah, because it feels
0: like this is, this is in on um, a technicality. While I applaud it, because it is yeah. fucking
2: brilliant. I th- my feeling is, because it's three completely separate stories that, the, the makers, I mean, actually, of course, you know, the producers, Chris, who who runs Bafta. Yeah. Um, but my guess is, and this is a guess because I don't know for sure, that they it was eligible for single drama because they are completely separate stories and, and they're not in any way, you know, th- there's no link between the three apart from thematic link that they're about women, you know, exploring various yeah. issues. But so I think it is totally valid. that It is a, considered a single drama, and I think they would have chosen that one specifically to enter in that category rather than try and compete with like random mini-series or so I think it yeah is it's actually, a tactical movie it's, it's, it's smart it, well, it and smart. it is the category that it that it would make sense to put it in really honestly yeah. well having said that inside number nine which is, but actually of course their performance are the same aren't they so that's different so that it's a series because they're in every episode Yeah, so it, is, it does make yeah. sense that it was a, it's considered yeah. a single it, it's, it's, it's definitely a grey area but yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah good good stuff uh, and then there's some other stuff in here on, like, I don't know, entertainment shows. Are quite, uh, we don't need any of that. Uh, that's not proper television. Um, <laughs> the Chase has been nominated. That's anyway. very
3: exciting.
0: <laughs> uh, and live event, a load of stuff I've never heard of. Anyway, so uh, shall we move on to another news story? Yes. What else have we got?
1: Um, News that I don't think anyone saw coming was uh, a reunion show coming to Disney Plus. Oh, the I know form what you're going to
2: say. I know what you're gonna say. Yeah, I don't. the
1: full Monty. I
2: know what. Yes, there's a full it's Monty weird, isn't it?
1: reunion show. The yeah. entire cast are coming back together for a full Monty television. I really show. hope not. This. No, they are. Ah! Yeah, they
2: really are.
0: Ah! For yeah. one night only, <laughs> the full. Nobody needs to see
2: that. Nobody needs to see that.
1: <laughs> oh my! God. And leave like, your hats
2: on. <laughs> people were like, when it was announced, people were like, "Is this an April Fool? Yeah. You know, yeah, no, it's really happening on Disney Plus."
0: Yeah, I it, I got to be honest with you. It's not the reunion we're all crying out for. <laughs>
3: no,
1: I was just like, I don't. I just don't quite know how to feel. Yeah, like I know. it's. Uh, I, know. Yeah. I mean, it's lovely. There's a lovely photo of them all together, and they've all, you know, they're all there.
2: Also, the description of the show was quite funny, wasn't it? I seem to remember. Like oh, I didn't what? See what that. Yeah, I'm. I'm now frantically looking up <laughs> <in> my. Um, <laughs> The Full Monty. Well, it was. It was like. Are they really? Is this really happening? Because on one hand, you thought it almost could almost be like a reality show spin yeah. on the Full Monty. Um, but I don't think it is. It's. Uh, oh, I can't find it. Fuck it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like yeah, it's like a kind of dramatic sequel yeah. splash spin off. Like I think eight episodes exploring their lives as working class people in wherever. Yeah. <laughs> wherever. yeah. Okay. Wow. Just southern. That's just that thing to say. <laughs> um. But yes, it was a stunning moment in yeah, that revelation. Ella Purnell of Yellow Jackets fame, oh, who I yeah. may or may not have spoken to quite recently,
0: but that uh, oh. we'll find out in a future episode Ooh. of this very podcast, uh, has been cast as the lead in the Fallout show which is coming to TV, which Lisa Joy is involved in. Um, I'm excited because she's great and it's Fallout. And I'm, I'm, it's, so Fallout's best looking at me like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so it's another one of those silly science fiction things based on video games. But this is kind of that kind of 60s retro future aesthetic. Yeah. So it's a slightly interesting take on it. And whether or not that kind of twee feel adapts to the TV show remains to be seen. But yeah, I'm, I'm quite excited to see this. And she's great in everything, isn't she? Is this so, one about
1: Walter, Walter Goggins, a ghoul? Cool?
0: Uh, Walton Goggins is in there, yes.
1: As a ghoul,
0: he may or may not be a ghoul. I don't know. Is he a ghoul? I he don't could know. be a ghoul. There are ghouls in it. Some of them talk, are so he could be playing a ghoul.
1: Like, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm. I'm not writing it off. I you're think right. You're actually... right. He
0: will reportedly be playing a ghoul.
1: My God, did I just?
0: You did. Did I just? You did? I didn't some know. Was, I didn't know he was a ghoul
1: on a video game. Now meditation. I do. Good lord.
0: There you go. Beth's explaining. Beth's explaining oh. Fallout to me. Beth, tell me more. Tell me more.
1: I, I think if I find it's uh, web splaining. <laughs> oh,
0: look at that! Look oh, at that! Web splaining. <laughs> web spinning, if you will
1: heard um yes no i think we're not in a terrible phase for for video game i mean i'm not unexcited about the last of us because Mm. my my main guy murray bartlett's in it
2: you're not unexcited i mean that is yeah that's uh, high praise from the the best
1: i've not written off the last of us
0: um
1: so i think yeah we're, we're maybe not in a in a terrible shape with Video game no, especially after
0: Arcane, which was extraordinary. Yeah. So. Extra-
1: also,
2: with yeah. Ella Pennell, Daenerys. Yeah.
1: Borderlands looks fun. Like I think we're we're doing all right. Yeah. We're doing all right, and I really like Ella Pennell. She's, um, yeah, made an extremely unlikable character. Yellow Jackets, you know, at least backable. Yeah. Um,
0: justice for Jackie.
1: Justice for Jackie. <laughs> yes. No. That is. That is. Uh, I am absolutely fine with that news. Good. Uh, Good.
0: Right, how are you feeling about the it? Prequel series that's been announced.
1: I couldn't tell you. I actually couldn't tell you how I feel about yeah. that. Like,
0: oh I mean, I'm welcome not, to Derry.
1: I mean, we we've made all the jokes about that in Derry Girls around the yep. office, so it's yep. sick of that now. We're done with it all. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, the films seem to have done. Having not watched them, the film seems to have done very very well, and that's exciting.
0: Yeah, we don't talk about Alex Godfrey's five star review of it part two. Which is demonstrably inferior to it, part one. But let's, really, let's I, just
2: move on. God, let's just move about on. That. Yeah, yeah, I don't
0: let him forget about it.
2: I bet you don't. That's up there with that's up with the five stars for Phantom Menace, isn't it? Uh, Attack of the Clones, boy, Attack, Attack of, of the, the clones. clones. Sorry, we gave Phantom Sorry. Menace four. <laughs> right. Okay. I was particularly not a fan of it. I have to say, part two particularly. Yeah, part two is even is one. They both ended with um, what can I like CGI monster lunacy mm. in the dark, in a dense cave, dense dark cave. Like it literally, kind of followed it, the, the second. One followed the the, the first one structure and form in a kind of boring, yeah. irritating.
0: Well, they in it. They? they chopped in more of the kids because it's primarily yeah. adult based. Yeah, the second right. one. They were like, no, no, yeah. more of the kids. But um, but then the second one I think is, and this is our is. regular pilot TV film segment that we tend to do now. <laughs> uh, but it's 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 hindered by the book because the, but the second half of the book
2: is is I know takes a turn as well. I know, so. I know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my God, it does take. a turn. It? <laughs> Stephen King people don't realize that if you if you I mean I'm a big Stephen King fan, but he he's like sexual yeah pitch, the ritual of chud is all i'm gonna say, say is, is in, in, i mean that book in particular but in many yeah. books is really weird like okay. he has freaky stuff going on in his head which i, and I completely admire him for getting it all down on paper and going for it he's so powerful and successful he can do what the fuck he wants yeah. but it is a definitely a thing about Stephen king's books isn't it <laughs> um my question is who is involved creatively in the this prequel because i haven't even studied it you asked a good question okay that you are not prepared for. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, 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 I think uh, Andy Machietti, uh, okay. who directed them, them. Uh, is he's, uh, involved, uh, he's is an EP, right? Uh, and his sister is involved as well, mm. Barbara Machete. Okay. Um, and Jason Fuchs is involved
2: too. Because if it was what I'm going to say, because if it was Mike Flanagan, I'd be fully in favour of it. Well, so would I. But I think,
0: he's, yeah, you know,
2: Mike Flanagan doesn't it prequel a hundred. Right. Everyone's on board with exactly. that.
0: You know, it'll be brilliant. Exactly. Whereas this feels yeah. like it might. But also, I feel like you know, it it chapter one. Is kind of that already, isn't it? It's a little bit. Yeah. But this but, yeah. will just be because you get that brief period, don't you? In the in the TV shows, there's more of it in the book where they talk about the history because it comes back every thirty years or something,
2: doesn't it? Like That's throughout right. history. Right.
0: And you say, so I guess it's going to be like It's going to be a period drama with a killer clown.
2: Yes. Correct. Which is yeah. weird. Fine. Yeah. It's a bit weird. Yeah. Oh, talking of whether it's film or TV, we need to talk a little bit, some surely, about the Oscars because, I mean, I know it's going to be old by the time this comes don't out. make
1: me talk about this anymore. No, <laughs> well, where have you
2: been talking about it? Do, do, where haven't In we life, been talking about it? As the uh, news
1: editor of Empire oh, okay. magazine. Have it's you been doing uh, like
2: media interviews? About, no. Oh, okay. I thought I, you might have I, mean, no, like, been like literally been it. tapped up by, you know, the radio <sighs> people and all that. No, it, but, I just, but did you see the Chris Rock, the final Chris Rock? has reacted to it well in his officially. stand-up show his stand-up, yes yeah, well
0: yeah. kind of yes and no he said he's still yeah, processing but, it yeah but he didn't really because yeah. i wondered whether he would work new material and have had it into a show but obviously he's he's selected not to do that at this stage uh, which i kind of understand because i think it's maybe a bit raw yeah
2: of course yeah uh, yeah i mean quite right he's dealing with it brilliantly i yeah. think by, by a not getting into the details yeah. of it yeah but he did say he did come on the show he did come to this <laughs> to this live show how, was, say, your weekend? how was your weekend yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. um Uh, Yeah, so I'm, yeah, it was an incredible thing, because I watch the Oscars religiously live every year, and so it was was one one of the most important moments in my life. Quite the event. Quite
0: quite the event.
2: Okay, that's enough to say. Right, okay, okay,
0: well, that was news. Let's go on then to this week's reviews, and first up this week, we have Moon Knight, which landed on Disney Plus last, no, I'm not going to do that, which landed on Disney Plus last week. but it was inconveniently embargoed until now which uh, is why we're talking about on this week's show uh, this is Oscar Isaac as museum gift shop employee Stephen Grant a man whose humdrum existence is made marginally more interesting by the emergence of a Jason Bourne like hidden personality not to mention the appearance of the Egyptian moon god Khonshu because you know uh, Boydie boydy, could you tell the difference between your waking <laughs> life and the latest Disney Plus so series from Marvel
2: <laughs> no, and he's got dissociative identity disorder. He does, yeah. I mean, so he is one character, yeah, who is got another character within him yeah. who mm. he talks to, like in the bathroom scene where they're kind of having a chat with each other. Yeah. And The other one, the version, can't quite understand what the other version is doing, and he's got so personality disorder. So he's got multiple personalities as well. And there's a the Egyptian god person talking yeah. to him, voiced by F. Murray Abraham. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot to deal with and I'm so far, I'm sl- I mean, it's a bit like my, my, I'm slightly in two minds about it, like I was about the last big show we we reviewed where everything, there's a Maverick, you know, premise and there's lots of things going on at the same time and it's trying very hard to be spectacularly, deliberately bewildering and confusing and yet yeah, action-packed at the same time. I mean... Let's not deny it. The, there's stuff in this first episode. I mean, I've watched a couple of episodes. The car chase scene around the mountains. In the cupcake truck. In the cupcake truck. <laughs> yeah. Is fucking spectacular. Yeah. At total kudos and credit to everyone involved. It's brilliantly directed. Um, very exciting, bewildering, confusing, but fantastic. And there's some really sweet, funny moments. And he he's the main persona that we have been introduced so far, which is Stephen. Stephen in the accent. <laughs> is he's a kind of lovable dude so it's like quite he's nice. a doofus to use your favorite word he's a he, is a doofus. Doofus. Yeah. he is a doofus i mean he does yeah. sit there chatting away his best friend is the guy one of those still statue living statue, guys, guys, living statue guys, yeah. guys which i thought was like quite a poignant little <laughs> moment but just to see there's something quite pleasurable about seeing oscar isaac as this london bloke going on the bus to work you know, at yeah. the museum and just kind of living that life um and then getting suddenly getting involved in the literally the flick of an eye in this spectacular world where Ethan Hawke is trying to get some object from him and we don't know what the significance of the object is there's always a fucking object in Marvel things isn't there yeah mm-hmm. let's not let's not let's not be around the bush but lots of finding objects and battling over objects they need to move on from that I think so this is my rambling way of saying I enjoyed the experience of watching this show, even though I, sl- I I am always worried about the contrivance of it all, that they're st- trying so hard to be bizarre and surreal and wacky and complicated that, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm slightly too aware of that, so I'm not yeah. completely invested in in the situation, in the characters. But because it's Oscar Isaac, and I mean, Ethan Hawke, I love Ethan Hawke yeah. as well. yeah. So they're all they're great. So I mean, there's no way I'm not going to carry on watching it. Yeah, but I'm not quite. I don't think it's quite yet as genius as some people do already. Although I haven't yet listened to the Empire Spoiler Special Podcast, so I don't know the extent. To well, it. you and should. I 100% read, sign up now. I deliberately have not read your review, James, in, oh, really? on Empire because I wanted to have my own um, fresh feelings about. it I didn't want to know. And I don't like spoilers. You as don't you like know. spoilers, yeah. so yeah. I'm, I'm I'm up for it. But I think, it, but I think there is a slightly overly contrived element to it as well.
1: I pretty much agree with you okay. um with this. I only I've only watched the I I didn't get any preview access for this. I just watched the first episode um with the usual normal people <laughs> on Wednesday when it came out with a big one. It was
2: quite a, a quite a torture to get hold of the preview episode. Sure, <laughs> I have start. heard as much. Yes.
1: Um but I I was super interested in this. My investment in Marvel has grown over the last few years. I think I'm one of those rare people that probably enjoys the shows more than the films. Weirdly. Mm. I've never really, it's only been, yeah, recently I've been kind of swept up in it a little bit more, but I find the shows that I've seen so far, largely Winter Soldier, uh, very ambitious and fun and they've got a really different energy. Um, and a little bit more to use the Boyd word bold, um, big Boyd word. Uh, and I love Oscar Isaac I'm fascinated by his career because I've heard a few people saying like I'm just really surprised he's gone and done this Marvel show you know Mm. he's this big star and I think people forget he was a secondary actor in loads of stuff before Inside Llewyn Davis and the Star Wars and things like I'm looking at his (laughs) his like filmography here on Wikipedia and there was a year when he was in Sucker Punch uh, W.E. you know the Madonna film that was directed He was in Drive as like a I think he was one of the villains in Drive. So yeah. he really wasn't a star from the off. He's kind of come up over the years and then got that real boost with things like Ex Machina with Star Wars. And then he's kind of found this new wind as a very um like a very sexy screen star is, is where I would see him now. Um I was really excited that this is is I believe this is the first show where we're seeing like an original character. Is the first right?
0: the first Disney Plus MCU show, yes.
1: Yes. So I was interested in that and mm. you absolutely fuck all about this character, but it looked really intriguing. Um it is fucking chaos. Yeah. This like there's there's from the from the opening sequence which does grab you by if you don't have balls the equivalent of balls um, where Ethan Hawke is doing some like Da Vinci code shit Put,
0: to putting glass in his, in his frankly upsetting Jesus Creeper sandals but yes <laughs> in his
1: Birkenstocks
0: yeah oh no 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 no, no. <laughs>
1: yeah and that so from that you're like wow this is instantly setting this apart as something yeah actually more mature and um, yeah daring violent like painful. Um, but it is fucking chaos. Like there's a line in the in the opening episode, isn't there, where Ethan Hawke's character is like, Oh my god, there's so much chaos in you. And that's very indicative hmm. of this show. Like you just have a constant sense of like whiplash from being jerked around from one thing to another, tonally, it's all over the place. Um, I gotta say, the CGI is pretty bad. Like we talking I I do like the 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 mountain chase and things, but if you actually look at the the CGI, it's a bit a bit shit. I was um, I was looking,
2: at, I think I was watching that on my um laptop, so yeah, I, I didn't have an out. issue with the CGI. Actually, I thought it was fine.
1: Like the you get the character reveal at the end, and that is boss. That was such a cool closing shot. And, you didn't like um, that? You
0: didn't like the jackal?
1: I did like the jackal. That bit was fine. I feel like maybe they were saving the budget for that bit <laughs> because it's the mountain bit with the thing. If you look at the the, oh. the cherry thing, it was a little bit off-putting. Well, it. the
0: compositing is that there.
1: Yeah, a little bit. Okay, a little bit. Um, but I I just found it very discombobulating, and I know part of it was the point, but some of it was very distracting. I do love Oscar Isaac in this role the accent is very good don't do it the accent is yeah. very The accent is very good but it is still and i find this with with, with other shows we see americans do very thick regional other accents where you even if it's very good you're focusing so intently on that accent that again it's a distraction in itself you're almost like oh is he hitting those notes is he not hitting those notes um a gift shop worker would not be able to afford that apartment. That so we, that we talked about
0: really. that on this one special, yeah, hundred percent. Sophie Best mentioned it yeah. on Twitter as well. <laughs> like, can how, you, you know, imagine would, what the monthly rent on yeah, that? Sophie Best already estimated
2: what the monthly rent would be. Yeah. That is preposterous. Yeah. De- yeah. Demented, but I'm wondering almost yeah. where there's going to be an explanation because one of his other many well that's the other thing because yeah. his other personality right. is a mercenary. Well, he presumably has access to broadcast. You
1: do not live in zone one if you're a gift shop you're in a fucking museum. No, absolutely not. He'd be in a
2: bedsit somewhere. Like no. But talking about it is so discombobulating. That is, this is the kind of show I. Literally have to have the uh, the Wikipedia entry for it. What by myself while I'm watching it, so I can quickly consult it to, to yeah. check what the fucking explanation of the whatever the hell's got, the premise, just yeah. the basic premise is. So yeah, it's very. I also wanted m- to mention that they have a very good Bob Dylan song. late like, intro the whole thing with Every Grain of summer Bob Dylan. Which yeah, is bit, yeah which, which is the Humperdinck sets, one, isn't it? Yeah, mm. but it sets that that's very clever. Those that particular needle drop. Yeah, yeah. because it establishes a tone, as you were saying. It's, it feels different. Yeah, so you know what we, it does. That sort of, so that this was whole show for I.
0: Fucking love this episode. Uh, I did review this. I've seen the first four episodes. Um, I... I had reservations about the show as a whole. I
1: definitely haven't finished talking, but. Oh,
0: sorry. <laughs> That's my fault because I interrupted. About I thought I was just I... <laughs> talking over Boyd. So, technically, Boyd interrupted you and I interrupted <laughs> okay. Boyd, which means I get Why out on like the technicality. We're in a we, right. were yes. we were discussing. we were discussing.
1: we were off the points Sorry, there, Beth. And and you. Sorry, you the stage like, is yours.
0: <laughs> the, st- the stage is yours, Beth. Beth, no. carry on, Beth. It's fine. It's fine. it's fine. I'll be having It's Triffit. It's trippy. You carry on. <laughs> it's, great. it's great. It's great. Later, Skaga. No.
1: It's done, it's done. I just, I found it very discombobulating. I I think it should have, you know, regardless of, of his disorder, it should have stuck a little bit more to a tone. And I found this departure stuff, you know, with the swearing, with the violence, with the venom type dialogue between the different characters in his head. It felt very, it felt Quite try hard, they're. It just felt like they're very much forcing this to a mature audience now, and I think they could have drawn that back a little bit and made it more of a character study, and that would have been more interesting to me. It's
0: funny you say that because there is definitely more blood in this, yeah. than one is used to from these MCU. Even shows. if we
1: don't necessarily see where the blood is coming from, well, quite, yeah, yeah. but it's
0: but uh, there's a lot of claret on the floor, you know, yeah. after that particular scene in the first episode. I've seen, uh, as I say, I've seen four of these. um and i the first episode i think is brilliant i love it and the second episode i loved as well it obviously from a plot point of view it progresses past air i think it, it hits a bump with episode three which so it's going to be very interesting to see how it resolves is what i'm going to say to that it goes into kind of very stephen Summers mummy territory as it goes along and then potentially slightly noah hawley legion territory but we'll I see what happens
1: excellent to me uh, well it? yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe you'll really dig it but yeah.
0: I, I just thought those first two episodes were near perfect and I just think and I said this in my review I think the character Stephen Grant is fucking oh. brilliant like I loved him so much I love that Oscar Isaac stayed in character or if not in character in accent for like a full month while making this <laughs> I
1: did I did love the little details Yeah. So like oh you're having a laugh
0: he's like oh bruv can I just like and yeah. it's just like just yeah. it feels really natural and like I you know Americans doing English accents and we're going to get onto one of those even though he's not American a little bit later in the show uh, but like it can go very badly but it is first of all I thought it was flawless and second of all it's a really interesting choice because it's an Enfield of all places accent he yeah. went specifically North East London and then whacked it up an octave as well so it's quite I saw a high-pitched tenor Northeast London accent, and he just inhabits it. And I think they did a really nice pass on the script to actually make the kind of vernacular work with the accent. I love that that accent and the way that character, who is, and I cannot emphasize this enough, based on Carl Pilkington. Yes. I mean, which is deranged, (laughs) but that is 100% true. you know that. Yeah. I keep going, oh, yeah, that's what Carl will do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But it is. He's literally said, I was based on an idiot abroad. I was like, fucking hell. But it is. And it's just, it's so brilliant because the, the comic character is this sort of Bruce Wayne Iron Man type billionaire playboy oh god yawn kill me and they've made it so much more interesting and that texture makes us feel so different and I think without that character the show is super generic you know even with all your violence and your Egyptian gods and whatnot but it changes it so much Yeah. and the humour like you say it's dark and violent and it is but it's properly funny like more funny I think than any of the other Marvel TV shows because he's so hilarious he is so hilarious and I enjoyed him being on screen so much I had such a good time uh Specifically with the first two episodes that I've seen of this, I just thought it was—I just thought it was so so good. It just point. gets a bit muddled. All oh, right, it
2: gets quite poignant gets as well. I three. thought the scene where he's at that restaurant outside. By the way, what kind of restaurant has those seats outside? Yeah, all of this, the, speed, all of this. Yeah, but yeah. how funny was the
0: conversation about the steak though? Like how funny? was Yeah, that, that was great. And yeah. also yeah. He,
2: he's quite poignant that he got the date wrong by two days yeah. because because yeah. his... he's lost time. Oh yeah. God, Chris it's...
1: Kewitt's come to do his Stephen impression. I can't oh, do it. I can't do it, Steve. Chris Hewitt is at the door. That's
2: quite terrifying. Don't do it. Genuinely terrifying. You've come to do it's, like, it's like, it's no. like, I <laughs> can't tell the difference uh, can't have between my waking yeah, yeah. life no.
0: and Chris no. because he's
1: walked no. in.
0: Oh, this is no. going to end badly, isn't it? No.
1: Yeah. Chris <laughs> it's an invasion. is sitting down. He's,
0: he's coming. Hello, Chris. H- how are you? Oh, hi, James. No, That's good. Stop good. Stop so so Beth, you're going to get this in stereo now, <laughs> now maybe for the rest of the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Really yeah.
5: Julian, Stephen
0: Grant.
2: Yeah. Stop yeah. it. It's so terrific. Horrible. It's terrific. Do you like you like it too much?
1: Too like, it just cuts. I forever.
2: feel like Chris. <laughs> I feel like in the, in, in terms of the, between the two, of them, Chris has studied it
5: more closely. <laughs> he has a greater appreciation. Yeah, I think James is one who's fairly generic. Yeah. James James yeah. went full Pam Airs a second ago. Did really? anyone hear that? Yeah, yeah, I love it. He went, yeah, You were saying something. Yeah. You went. Oh, yeah. I, I love it. Stephen Grant. I do. That's Beth. I love it. I love it. I do. Swindon slash whale slash. Yeah. Somewhere over there yeah. in the Weird West. Hybrid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 100%. So
3: what
0: was the best it about Steven Grant you don't like? <gasps> Beth didn't it's... like the show very much. Didn't think it was great. I like oh, oh, did it, it no, was unfair.
5: Oh my God.
1: Such so a criticism. I, I was yeah. a very detailed critique of why I liked it slightly less than yeah. James which apparently writes <laughs> off the show entirely yeah. on didn't, this didn't podcast. Like it. <laughs>
5: James is a man who deals ab- in absolutes. <laughs> only yeah. a Sith deals in absolutes. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Or only an anagram of a Sith deals in absolutes. Anyway, I was I upset Stairs, and we were talking about um, you know starting the Empire podcast soon, and I realized it's been so long since I've crashed a pilot TV <laughs> yeah. you know, podcast because we haven't had the chance to. Because, true, oh, yeah, we've yeah. been yeah. remote. Mm. We've all been remote, and now we're here in the studio, and so I thought I'd come in and and uh, talk about Blue Bloods, but uh, in the voice of Stephen Grog. <laughs> the dream <laughs> for ten minutes—that is the dream. Yeah. Yeah. It's we all been waiting for. Dream. It's all come and listeners, if this you were thinking of subscribing
0: mate, to the Spoiler Special, this is basically what you're going to get. So think of yeah. this as an interactive trailer for the Moon Knight Spoiler Specials, <laughs> yeah. which you can subscribe
2: to. Now, I've already alluded to the fact that I listened to your interview with um, the stars of um, of Moon Knight, and you pretended. That you were slightly ashamed of doing that impersonation <laughs> in front of Oscar Isaac. When in fact you were incredibly yeah, proud yeah. of him. You went in there with a one a, agenda yeah. and it was, it was
5: that. I set it up. Fact, I, 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 did. I, I
2: manipulated <laughs> yeah, him. You totally like manipulated so him. It was exactly like a yeah. yeah, <laughs> manipulative yeah. bastard.
5: Yes. I just I was well, like when I did Anthony Hopkins to Anthony Hopkins. And I, the the rush of endorphins I got from that. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, you you know, yeah, they've yeah, already yeah, just yeah. run out. I'm a bit like Morbius now. <sighs> I, I I need to feast on doing impressions of celebrities to yeah. them.
2: Yeah. <laughs> my my version of is to wear t shirt of the celebrity when I'm interviewing. <laughs> I, 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 wore the, I
5: wore the Christopher Walken t shirt when I interviewed Christopher Walken. Oh wow! And he was absolutely delighted about it.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that God. wasn't weird
0: at all for him. I'm
2: sure <laughs> he was fine with
0: it
5: when I visited the set and I realised this is a film so I might have to educate a couple of you on what that is and that, <laughs> so that's like a really short TV show right <laughs> it's like a really short TV with no ad breaks right okay it's like a season yeah. but accordion into 90 minutes okay it's like a TV
2: series but not as good so it's, it's, it's best ideal yeah. TV series I think yeah. Yeah. is what See, I'm saying yeah. some people
5: yeah. think of TV as cinematic but I think mm. of, uh, right. of 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 films yes. as televisual absolutely yep. yeah. right. so when I visited the set of X-Men First Class I went on a couple of days and so one one time, I wore a Charles Xavier t-shirt. Yeah. Uh, and then the second time I went back, I wore Magneto t-shirt, and Fassbender gently took the piss out of me for doing so, and that <laughs> stopped me from doing that. Uh, so I, I, I okay. can't do that again, boy. Right. I, I appreciate yeah, yeah. you, and I, yeah. I respect the the hustle. Thank you. Yeah. I'd love to have Thank
1: Fassbender you. gently take the piss out of me, just a, just a light ribbing. Oh, mm. I beg your <laughs> wow no one
5: needs a light a ribbing from Michael ribbing Fassbender. Fassbender light yeah. ribbing from Michael Fassbender
1: that's the movie Shame isn't it yeah, yeah. pretty much <laughs> is that
5: Michael F. Asbender or Michael wow F- <laughs> <laughs> come on I'm oh, yeah. the tone that's it the tone is gone uh, that was
0: it it's gone full anarchy yeah, yeah. dreadful yeah. anarchy no no uh, but you, you enjoyed Moon Knight didn't you Chris since we're reviewing Moon Knight I did oh you're reviewing Moon that's what we're doing I
5: actually timed this but I did yeah. Oh, you yeah I do. yeah I really enjoyed Moon Knight uh, we've we've seen four. E- have we all seen four
1: episodes? No, no. just one. no. Okay,
5: the, I've, I've, these, these two players have only seen one. No, I've seen two. I've, I've got access to the four. I just haven't oh, okay. through
2: them. I watched them. one I've like watched.
1: a normal person on Disney <laughs> Disney Plus, regular you, Disney Plus.
5: Yes, I well, I've seen all four episodes of. Well, it's not oh, all four. I've we, seen all four of the, six episodes. Four, <laughs> the six episodes. six episodes. I I suspect they haven't finished the other two, which is why mm, they haven't shown us yeah. all mm, six. Yeah. Uh, I like it. It goes in some interesting and unexpected places. I would say that episode four, and I don't want to do that thing where I go, episode four is fantastic. You should only watch episode four. You shouldn't. You should watch two and three as well. But uh, episode four takes it in such an unexpected direction, I would say, Mm. that... I could see why they showed it to us.
0: Mm. Okay.
5: But
2: then you loved episode four more than I loved episode four. For yeah, he's me, like, he, James' yeah. official review on this very podcast was that it's gone off the well, rails. No, three, three. Oh, so three, okay. three is a mess. All right. Three's a four mess. Four brings it back.
0: That a mess. Is, that
1: is going quickly. Yeah. Well, no, it is.
0: Like, me, three, I, know I, I, have, I have real issues with episode three. I think episode four is I'm, better, but I, I like episode one and two, Moon Knight at the Museum, as I'm dubbing it, uh, those are. This is a horrendous. Hand- hand- I'm favorites. glad you
2: came in, Chris, because this is yeah. a very handy, like, nutshell version, probably, of the Empire Spoiler Special podcast, which I imagine goes on for hours yeah except yeah. we're
0: all talking like this pretty much all the way through Ooh. it oh, so you know. well, even yeah. Helen, yeah. helen doesn't does she, no, she doesn't. A, l- uh, a little helen bit she gave
5: it a go i feel she I, thought. No, I thought she, she, really, she did she no she she doesn't lower herself to impressions helen yeah no, no. she doesn't really do that she's yeah. no
2: she's a woman of great is this where, it's where i live yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. But yeah,
0: no. Your, it's your Stephen Grant is becoming more Gary Oldman every yeah, time you do it. Yeah. Yeah. Slow Gary horsey, A bit of Gary
5: Oldman.
1: <laughs> horrible, absolutely
0: horrible. <laughs> 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 oh, it, it is worth pointing out to the people listening as this podcast has now descended into utter carnage. I'm the, yeah. sorry. The, it, this has been the bane of Beth's life. This oh, impression the in the office, op- <laughs> <wave. laughs> in the office every day. <laughs> yeah. Us Stephen Granting, yeah, oh, oh, and man. I think she's been dreading this particular podcast. You
5: barely uh, adopted to Stephen. Grant voice murdered by the Stephen Grant Voice. <laughs>
1: It's it oh. really. when you do it Essentially, either. Chris
2: came in to stop us, stop this podcast from going on and yeah, on and on yeah. for hours. I and mean, it just the irony, it himself. the irony,
5: yeah, it, yeah, like, yeah. So I I you've added, added half around. an hour to the yeah. podcast. <laughs> I was sent by Kevin Feige because I heard that someone might be dissing <laughs> Moon Knight. Yeah. He was like, <laughs> "Shut that shit down yeah. right now." Yeah, of course. We
2: know you are a paid shelf. Yeah, of course. So I've come in to
5: say that you know episodes two and three are slightly disappointed, but episode four gets back on track.
0: but it is very good although and also we're reviewing a show that everyone has probably seen by the time this goes out because of the embargo so yeah. yeah and of course the extra extra ironic thing is we could have reviewed it last week because I was a day late with the podcast anyway so we actually went out
5: after the embargo had broken so oh god, I yeah, well,
0: I mean, fucking it's, shambolic. It's, it's, that's what it was. I mean. He goes,
5: that's the Lannis levels of. Yeah, he's I mean, it? not the most ironic thing. Like Ten thousand spoons. Yeah. what you need is a knife. Yeah. 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 It's like meeting the man of my dreams, then meeting his beautiful wife. Yes, exactly like that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway this has been fun, yeah, been fun. Should, this has been fun, fun. Yeah. we should do this more often yes. 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 come back Indeed. for
2: the Better Call Saul episode oh yes. my god yeah, the Better yeah, Call Saul yes. episode by well, the way do you we, know we if are. we're going to get
5: screeners for that we're going to have to see it in advance no, uh, no. Well, I've, uh, I, honestly I don't know no I need to I don't about that. Yeah. Yeah. I've, yeah. Ne- I've never been in that situation mm. Uh, mm, I yeah. just tend to get up and uh, it's usually yeah. Tuesday mornings and I get up and I watch it at 8am on the old Flix du Net just how I watch
1: everything as a normal person who has no access to screeners None of this is true you have access to all of the screeners. <laughs> yeah. You just That's don't just watch so
5: them. Uh, but if I, if I may do some cross-pollination. So, uh, so Boyd and Beth and I are going to be trying to do a Better Call Saul preview pod, which will also feature an in-depth interview with Peter Gould, who is the co-creator and showrunner of Better Call Saul. Uh, and that was about season five, that interview. But we'll be doing a preview of season six and kind of talking about why we're very excited about Better Call Saul, uh, which you know I believe is one of the great TV shows uh, as it's coming to a to a close. So that's going to be up on our spider special feed and that will be up before April 18th somehow. so I'm going to try and record it yes. somehow because somehow, you know, Boyd yeah. is obviously am, you know go, yeah, he's
2: well. here there and everywhere isn't he yeah. yeah but no yeah, I'm, 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 I'm beyond excited it's just the TV event of the year isn't it it's the final season of for me, of the me it source. is yeah. yeah yeah. I can't think so, of anything this as, as comparable yeah, yeah here, it's, but it's but not like Game of Blank. Thrones is coming back in the summer or anything <laughs> like that So <laughs> there's a date for that by the way there's a date for the Dragons I can't believe James our host of this podcast didn't mention fucking TV News that we have got a date for the twenty yeah. first of forms. August. Oh, no, 21st of August Yeah,
5: yeah. Paddy Considine sent me in here as well. <laughs> Unbelievable. He was like, people haven't.
0: Unbelievable. Yeah. It was hand yeah. delivered to me by Dragon. A uh, little envelope telling me when it was when it was going to. well great. there you go. we so can yeah. insert
2: that into TV. Yes. News. Oh, yes. the Black Dread. We can do a Peaky Blinders review on Monday morning. August twenty first, yep. isn't it? Mm, it is. Yeah. 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 August Twenty yeah. first. Do you uh, do you watch uh, Peaky Blinders?
5: Now I'm just just chatting yeah. about
2: TV. Just <laughs>
1: having a chat.
5: I don't. I don't. But Stephen does. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. I've never seen. I've never seen turned into <laughs> i've never Moon seen night. i've never seen picky i've never oh, seen picky blinders okay. um chris but. has contempt for the small screen i don't have contempt you say for the small that you screen. always say that people do
0: loads of stuff it, on well, the small screen. What does he though? Does he though? Well, like, I mean, there, there, does, does, do, does he with does his eyes does. and his ears? <laughs> Five seasons of Breaking it, no, Bad. And he six does. Seasons of admittedly, Soul. admittedly, watch a few core shows and then Little other nuts. things and then <laughs> inexplicable shit. In addition to that, I don't watch yes.
5: inexplicable shit. Um, having said that, I'm I'm very much looking forward to catching up a Great British Menu as it mm. comes to an, to an oh, end. have you watched? Is it cake?
3: <laughs>
0: no,
2: no. It feels like a kind of show you would watch on Netflix. Yeah, but I'm with uh, Great British Menu is f- f- fucking
5: brilliant. It's so good. good. And speak. the but the, the the new format, the new host, Andy yeah. Oliver is an incredible yeah. host. The new judging panel, yeah, who are not, you know, it's basically like the old judging panel was basically like Statler and Wald, Waldorf were yeah. judging a cooking competition, and they were just so miserable and misanthropic. Mm. And this new judging panel yeah. with Tom Kerridge and one else, the guest yeah.
2: Steve Pemberton, you know, um, holding
5: forth. And oh, he's, he's, uh, he's,
2: yeah, oh, in, yeah okay. Monday's and Monday nights, one, yeah, yeah oh, fantastic. Amazing. yeah, it was perfect it because he loves food and he likes the fact that you know celebrating, broadcasting the series and the, the kind of references that the. I mean, James literally has no idea what the fuck we're talking. <laughs> about I mean, look, but much as am I, might, I, forgot, I am enjoying this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> do you know who Steve Pemberton is? Of course I don't. Yeah, no I do know. I do know who <laughs> Steve Pemberton is, but funny enough, in the, in the what we've been watching, I forgot about Great British Menu, which I have been watching religiously as well. Yeah, so I'm glad Chris reminded me Oh yeah, me too. I'm fucking thrilled. Yeah. Yeah. But right. Piggy
5: Blinders is uh, has been a, a sort of Piggy Blind spot for me. But, um, mm. you know, I'm i am kind of aware of that. I, I know things are happening. Yeah. Uh, I know that, you know, uh, about the Tommy's developments, yeah, shall we good. say. So right. I'm i am keeping up with yeah. things. Yeah. I, you know, I know yeah. stuff. Yeah. I, I could hold a, a brief okay. conversation at a bus stop with someone about mm. Piggy Blinders. That's the main thing.
2: Yeah, that's the main thing.
5: Well, this has been fun, Christopher. <laughs> uh, but if we are to
0: record the Empire podcast, which we have to record in here next, we have to finish this one. Don't let me stop you.
2: <laughs>
1: What? Unbelievable. G- go, just um, go. Please, leave. Just, just get leave. out.
5: Get out. For God's sake, go. go. This is like when I do Peter Lorre for <laughs> Helen. She doesn't like it either. I
1: don't.
3: See that? I don't See like that doesn't it bother her. I bet.
5: Stephen. She does not know Stephen. But God. if I were to no. segue smoothly from Peter Lorre to Stephen Grant? You'd be like, no,
2: don't do that. Peter Lorre more like Mike Myers. Um... No, he's not like Mike I Myers. I thought you
5: were doing yeah, Mike yeah, Myers. I, yeah. yeah. Peter Laurie, my Peter Lorre voice <laughs> is actually like, um, have you ever seen Peter Jackson's Meet the Feebles? Yes. It is the puppet movie he uh, made yeah. after Bad He's Taste. Gone full Werner Herzog. I what, yeah. I've told you before. I've told you before. No, 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 no. Okay. Listen to this. Listen to this. Listen to this. Listen to this. <laughs> this is the Peter Lorre voice, okay? There is no rasp to it. It is a very- James is unplugging you know, your mic. Okay? <laughs> there's no rasp to this voice Fender <laughs> Herzog has a rasp to his voice <laughs>
2: this is like See? your very own one man version of the trip yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It is.
5: yeah 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 I mean you could pitch it Unbelievable. I could pitch it yeah. <laughs> just, I'd like that me going yeah, around like eating Michelin yeah. star food yeah, and having conversations yeah. with myself dream yeah this is your dream date isn't it not yeah. unlike Moonlight episode yeah. one where yeah, right. yeah. he has the, yes. the very good best bit of the steak yes that's right yeah, yeah. We refer to that scene.
1: Which we've, yeah we've just <laughs> spoken about and now we're talking about it again
3: <laughs> oh, God. You
1: can also hear it oh. on the spoiler special and the special with the interviews. I'm sure as well. We can hear about the very good oh, bit with the steak.
5: Right. Well, I hope all this is recorded. Yeah, uh, that was, great. It was great. If it didn't, thank uh, you for dropping it's been, by. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you very much <laughs> Thanks indeed. Very much. Uh, I enjoy this, and I can listen to this on <laughs> wherever you get your podcast. Wherever you and wherever get your you podcast, Chris. Yes, yes. And on it's on out on Monday. It's out on Monday. Well,
2: yeah. Tuesday this week
5: actually. Tuesday. Actually, it's a good point. Yeah, it is on Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and you're going to use my. <laughs> Appearance as a promotional tool, right? Yes, yes, Chris. Yeah. We will. You are very much a promotional tool. <laughs> Cheers, thanks, bye.
3: <laughs> Good oh lord!
0: I don't even it, remember what we're oh doing here at this but stage. But I will say, Moon Knight yeah. is on Disney Plus yeah. now. We're streaming yeah. on Disney Plus now. Yeah. Uh, we should move on to the oh. next show as we get into the ninth hour of this podcast. <laughs> um, Anatomy of a Scandal is probably the next one we should do. This brings uh, <laughs> brings ill repute to the otherwise upstanding and morally unimpeachable character of our elected officials uh, Rupert Friend stars as a politician outed for having an affair which puts pressure on his relationship with his wife played by Sienna Miller only for the affair scandal to make way for some much more serious accusations Beth, how scandalised were you by this?
1: Yeah, pretty, pretty shook up to be honest I don't know uh, if you've heard this but men can be pretty t- scummy I've sometimes. heard, sometimes,
2: yes yeah? I have heard no. this Word yeah. on
1: the street guys Yeah Not all men, though.
0: Not all men. Boyd goes in full with hashtag not all men. (laughs) This is a great start to this
1: review. I'm being
2: ironic. Good God.
1: (laughs) Boyd finally shown his true colours. Yeah, Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I didn't know very much about this going in. Um, I really love Sienna Miller, and I have not seen her put to excellent use all the time. It's probably the best way I can put that. Um, But in this, she is Really, really brilliant. This is a really, really great role for her. So she plays Sophie Whitehouse, um, very polished, glossy, blonde, waspy, but still... like she's got a lot of integrity to her but she's yeah wife to Rupert friends James Whitehouse who is who is a what is his what
0: he's is a minister I don't know what's his portfolio he's a junior minister okay. um, yeah.
1: yeah so he's a junior minister um have been in love since university very wholesome squeaky clean look like a catalogue advert type marriage um and then yeah obviously within I mean, it, from the off, it kicks off with this real kicker that he's had an affair with um, Naomi Scott's um, subordinate who's who's been working under him. Naomi Scott's been in some good stuff. She was uh, Princess Jasmine in Aladdin. She was in the Charlie's Angels film. So, you know, she's, she's you know, done some big stuff, I'll say. Oh, she was Kimberly, the pink ranger in the pink power rangers. Anyway, I'm going off tangent. (laughs) She's also very good in this. Um, So yeah, it becomes kind of this uh, like Rashomon type narrative where it juts between Rupert Friend's character's um, account of what's happened and hers. Uh, So it's a courtroom drama, but then with this um, kind of marital character study coming out of that, which Sienna Miller carries really well, um, and Rupert Friend just... There's a very good impression of a really scummy, scummy man who simultaneously, you know, you don't quite know who is the... I've watched two episodes of this and I really don't know which way it's going to go. Like, mm, I really fine. don't. Um, It's done a very, very good job of very... At presenting two very robust points of view. And then there's also flashbacks in... I know how we feel about flashbacks in shows in that we're we're all pretty sick of them at this stage, but this this seems like quite uh an interesting, albeit very stressful flashback series where they go back to university. They are at Oxford. Oxford. And um he is in a very prestigious um society as part of that, which reminded me a lot of uh the film Riot Club. I'm sure there are others out there, but that, that was the film that sort of most immediately came to mind where it's this very prestigious secret, sequ- incredibly entitled society who just think they're God's gift to everything. Um and are just just Real, I can't say scum enough in this to be honest just real, real <laughs> fucking scum of the earth really horrible too there's a really uncomfortable scene which involves a young woman who has to wait on them and that's mm. really uncomfortable mm. and gross It
0: all has a whiff of the Bullingdon club about it doesn't it? Oh, more than a whiff <laughs> yeah. Yeah, It stinks <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it stinks a bit The Libertines yeah. um, Not the band
1: Yes mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's all very uncomfortable and upsetting but you know, it does, does make a good point of you know, just really how institutionalized sexual aggression, sexual, you know, all, all the nasty stuff yeah. has, has been passed down from a very, very young age and has and been to generations before them. So it's, it does a very really good job of explaining the how and the why. It's just, yeah, it's coming, now coming down to you who's right and who's wrong in this situation if someone is right or someone is wrong. So yeah, all very good performances throughout. It's very, very well written. Um, I'm just really happy to see Sienna Miller doing a really big, juicy role. I wish she'd have more of those, to be honest. like I, I couldn't really tell you what she's done film-wise recently. She did a great film called American Woman that she was very mm. good in with Christina Hendricks. Uh, but this is really great. It's this kind of, you know, trying to put on a very brave public face while simultaneously this, this event has tossed her back to when she first met him and there's sort of the implication that something horrible happened then at university as well at the same time um but yeah really interesting really thrilling a a stressful watch it's a stressful watch but with good reason it's not stressful just for the sake of it or to be provocative there's really good grounds to it as well so yeah interesting an interesting watch
2: Mm. Yeah, I guess Sienna Miller is phenomenal. And she's, do you know what she is in? She's in the new um, Steve Coogan, Sarah Soleimani series um, called Chivalry, coming soon to Channel 4 um which is heavily embargoed but she is fucking brilliant as well Interesting. so let say playing a, a, she plays an american movie star and she's hilarious great um but she because this is a re, she has to react to it's a very reactive situation where you know her husband first of all her husband says he's been having an affair he's been caught having an affair yeah. with his with his um advisor then it turns out that she's accused him of rape and she has to deal with all this stuff mm. it's like reacting to his fucking Bellendry and beyond. And it's so... And she does it so brilliantly. Because actually... The material it's adapted from a novel by Sarah Vaughan, um, and I, th- you know, it, it's quite pulpy in a way, and quite kind of, you know, it's some borderline cheesy sometimes. I think borderline. No,
1: it's soapy. You know, yeah, like we well, you know when yeah. they do
2: in the in the. I've, I've, obviously, I've seen the whole thing. Um, obviously, uh, but you know, there's like scenes in Parliament, in the House of Commons, yes. and I was slightly, like I'm not, it felt slightly unreal and slightly hadn't had quite got those right. The details I, like I must admit, I loved
0: that because I thought clearly this but is not shot at the Palace of Westminster, mm-hmm. but. Right. They did a pretty good oh, no, job a, of it. it, but
2: it's fun. So it's kind of like, even though it's dealing with these really heavyweight things, it is not ashamed of being absolutely fun. And I think it's, you know, I mean, it is from David E. Kelly mm. and Melissa James Gibson who worked on The Undoing. It really yeah. reminds me of the Hugh Grant Undoing yeah. and a little bit Big Little Lies. That whole world of pulpy, you know, ludicrous, uh, essentially plot turns. That it is this this narrative takes turns and twists that are quite extraordinary beyond the the initial. Um, premise, if you like, of what you know, as you say, do we believe you know, do we believe him, do we believe her? What is the truth of the situation? You've also got Michelle Dockery, yes, as the, who is great, who is great uh, of Downton fame, as this lawyer who's seemingly taking as a like personal mission to fucking mm. bring this twat to book this, as you say, ultra privileged, bullying and club fucking bell end to book. So it's got all of this. All, it's, so I, I think, and it's interesting that, that the, the author of was a political journalist before she became a very successful novelist, and the politics of it are interesting. She doesn't, you know. It, it's a, he's a Tory. These are Tories. These people, I mean which doesn't mean none more Tory. <laughs> none more Tory, exactly. Um, and I love that about it. It's not. It's not afraid of basically putting that out there that these there yeah. are and there are absolute parallels to Let's yeah. face it. The Prime Minister and his entire bunch of tossers in the Bunting Club back then, who all met Oxford, and and th- the, the, he is a friend of the Prime Minister in this show. Yeah, the Junior Minister yeah. is a friend of the Prime Minister. Yeah. We don't. We don't see much. We see a little bit of him, the Prime Minister, and they, as you say, they have secrets that they're as well that may well come tumbling out later on so the whole kind of like world of it is fascinating to me Mm. basically and I think it, you know and apart from that I I, I say there are details like literally of like just the way they're spoken out of comments that slightly struck me as being a bit um, cheesy but I don't care because it's incredibly entertaining as well as being very thought-provoking and provocative mm. at the same time. Mm. So, yeah, I'm loving it.
0: It's, I found it I found it quite addictive. I'd planned to only watch the first one and I couldn't stop. I then had to go straight into the second one before I right. ran out of time. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I I, I, really, I thought it was really good. Uh, performances as well. But just the tone of it was really interesting. I think Sienna Miller played the role in a very particular way where initially before the rape allegations come out it's all about infidelity he's had an affair and there's this overwhelming sense of boys will be boys like you know and even one of these awful like old you know mps comes up to him and says you know was it was it once once was a mistake and then oh but twice is bad you know like i can't remember exactly what the you know the aphorism he comes up with is but it's essentially oh one one affair is fine that's the cost of doing business and the sort of the sense that she's just expected to smile and get on with it but what's interesting is she kind of does she doesn't get outraged and furious and walk out or throw him out or punish him. She's actually, she's upset, but she's just like, and she says to someone else oh it was just a mistake you know and she but it's almost like she's telling herself that like she's convincing herself it's fine but you see emotionally it's not fine and she's trying to make it fine and she's trying to wrestle with that and most of that first episode she's trying to kind of get her head around the fact that this has happened but she should pretend it hasn't happened Mm -hmm. and then obviously the rape thing comes down and all everything hits the fan but it's really I mean for me this scratched the same itch a little bit of show trial like it felt like it had a lot of that going on and I was loving the court scene with the barristers. Yeah. i was it was it's really, really, really compelling stuff. And, you know, I know you said it's a bit pulpy and stuff, and I guess there is an element of that, but
2: I'm not using that as a as a pejorative. But yeah, I think in, it's in great. a good way. Embra- I think it's fully uh, embracing its. And pulpiness. with
0: the halls of Westminster, yeah. like, brilliant setting for it, and the fact that they're shagging in the lift in the yes, Commons, yeah. you know, exactly.
2: It's just, yeah, it's quite, it's quite kind of like you know, eighties thriller vibe as well. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. you know, it, yeah. really, it has got that element to it. I think deliberately, um, yeah. So, and uh, bring it on, yeah.
0: Yeah, g- great people, like, uh, yeah, it's it's very. Compa- I'll definitely watch the rest of this again. Only six episodes. Come on, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. very yeah. excited about that. But yes, very very good. Anatomy of Scandal, which of course now. Now, I should point out, so this one's actually out next week rather than this week. We have pulled this forward to this week and that's the reason why this podcast goes out on Tuesday morning because we're going right to the razor's edge of the embargo on this one because next week is such a pile up of shows. (laughs) We (laughs) thought we got to bring something forward or we're going to have an absolute nightmare next week. Uh, So this one is actually out next week. Anatomy of Scandal then, which drops on Netflix on Friday, April the 15th. And finally this week, we have Raised by Wolves, which returns for a second season now look for those who have not been keeping up the first series of this HBO show saw a pair of androids mother and father as they were known sent from a dying earth to found a colony on Kepler-22b and to raise a number of human children saving the human race and starting anew however Earth's war between the atheists and the sun-worshipping Mithraics of course hadn't stayed at home and as well as spending a great deal of time in the first season picking space marrows we also saw a flying Christ-like robot that liquidates people with a scream a psychotic rapist in an iron mask in interchangeable eyes and a pregnant robot that gave birth to a giant flying alien snake. Beth, I have spent the whole of this week counting down the days, (laughs) the hours and the minutes till I could ask you about this. Please tell me what you made of season two of Raise My Wolves.
1: I'm going to start off my review with a bit of news that we missed this week. Um, which, Boyd, I know probably it hit you as well, but something that really pissed me off this week is Netflix have cancelled the yes. show Archive Worms.
0: Yes. Yeah, I saw that. Adducted. I can't believe yeah. you mentioned that. Yeah, yeah.
1: Archive yeah. Uh, big bit Of course Vietnamese. they have.
0: It's their biggest fuck-up since the OI. Did it have a proper ending or is it open-ended?
1: It had one of the most intriguing yeah. fucking closing shots of a show that really made me think how the fuck are they going to do that right. with the second season? Yeah. And we'll never know. We'll, we'll never, never, never know.
3: But yeah, that was
1: an incredible show that that used genre in a really interesting way. Yeah. Ingenious use of interiors and the acting was really good. Great concepts. Probably not made on a big budget, but super mm. great. Canceled it. So why in the <laughs> fucking world are we having a second <laughs> season? <laughs> Oh, whatever the, the fuck this is, the fuck is this? <laughs> nepotism fest and it's not on we should say
2: it's not on Netflix though it is on it's H- not on Netflix it? just saying
1: I, oh I fully shoehorned in that bit of news then to try and no, 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 like, I'm totally like, with you it's yeah. like why are they cancelling blow Beth doesn't want to live
0: in a world in which archive 81 yeah. is cancelled and this continues just yeah. a
1: broader moan about the mm. fucking shit that's getting pulled back and I haven't seen the first season <laughs> what you've said there in that little <laughs> capsule is enough that's me done <laughs> this is awful
0: <laughs>
1: and really pretentious, like so pretentious. <laughs> what? <laughs> I can't even like describe the face. Oh, you're someday. filming like, this one. <laughs> I wish and we you were. were. Yeah. I wish we were filming this. So, wait, like, it just starts with some sort of moss-covered alien that's <laughs> opened up, and and then there's someone that looks like a Viking cutting open someone. Travis Fimmel <laughs> from Viking. Yeah, that one. He like, yeah. looks like a, a sort of knockoff Skarsgård, sort of <laughs> going around wielding a knife. <laughs> Me, Valga's in there, which was the most upsetting thing to yes, be honest. Of yeah. What the fuck? I can. I fully understand why. Do you know I interviewed her when when she was in the Virtues for the magazine and she hadn't started filming this yet. (laughs) Bless her heart. She gave me the spot and I was like, you excited about working with Ridley Scott? Yeah, my dad used to put on Alien and oh my god, he used to scare the shit out of me. I used to come in the room, hi, I 'I'm so excited to work with Ridley Scott. And then I just saw her five minutes over this first episode and I was like, oh, bless your heart. Like, this (laughs) is... This is... And I can't tell you why I don't like it because I don't know what's going on. I mean,
0: genuinely, you must have been Baffled I, by I, this,
1: I could. I was. I started to look on Wikipedia, and I was like, "Do you know? What? I'm not going to bother. I'm not going to bother. so I'm only going to watch one of these. It's an hour. So much money has gone into the show. So yeah. It was fucking infuriating. And it's only because Ridley Scott. I swear to God, it's only because Ridley Scott is executive producer.
2: But you know what? It, 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 even if you have watched all of it, it's still fucking baffling.
1: Well, so, it? I can't even critique it. Is it? It's bad that we've done this because I can't even really give you a critique. It just. It's pretentious. It's pop- Compass. It's just style over. It's not even style over <laughs> substance. There's substance there. It just doesn't make any fucking sense. It's just a big cow pat. <laughs> wow. Point. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Did you
2: watch all of season one? No. Okay. Um, I think I watched about half of it, so I didn't finish it. I have Why to say. did you
1: stop watching?
2: <laughs> Why did I stop watching yeah. it? Um, was it was it when they spent an entire
0: hour picking space
2: marrows? Yeah, it did. It did just get a bit boring, um, frankly. So I'm not the biggest fan. But no, you know what? Okay. I, there is something about it I quite like even though so it is absolutely mind-blowingly confusing and, and just <laughs> even and I don't think that's because I only watched I didn't watch the second half of the right. there's a brilliant review of it I'm just going to I have to credit him because on the New York Times yeah. there's a brilliant review by um, James Poniewatzik who I think is one of their core TV critics and the, he- the headline is Raised by Wolves is TV's wildest hallucination um, the strange but transfixic HBO Max-Syfer series takes an act of faith to enjoy and what He says, Is and I agree with this, is that you even though it is completely bewildering, (laughs) still, even if you've watched every single fucking episode, did you watch all the yeah, yeah, of course. Um, because the because of the because of the storytelling, this first episode jumped every single shot. I tried, I I kind of tried to rewind it to check, it has a new spectacular vista or world that it, that, that it, do you know what I mean? It goes from one densely complex CGI creative created world to another right. once the other it's that's just, that's it, just
1: science fiction though isn't it really well, that's not really no but like so it doesn't particular. have to have like
2: five or six different spectacular right. yes cover looking you know settings after the other it's quite it's quite extraordinary like it could settle down you know being in one place hmm. in one do you know what i mean it's right. quite as you say it looks incredibly expensive and average because it keeps jumping out from one unbelievably complex beautifully rendered vista to another um so, I quite like the atmos- the atmosphere of it in a weird way. I quite like the pretentiousness in a weird way. I don't understand what it's saying about <laughs> religion and atheism and the ones she with faith even say about fucking I don't anything. know I don't think it anything. knows what it's saying no. about that either. yeah, I don't think it does <laughs> um but, as the New York Times review points out, it kind of doesn't really matter because in oh, this it does. case <laughs> oh, yeah well
1: Sorry, boys. yeah,
2: I'm so, I mean it doesn't it doesn't it does in some ways, <laughs> and just, the dialogue is often clunky horrible. and unbelievably like there's one scene where Nivalga's like can you explain the plot to me um, just to remind, everyone, remind us of what's going on <laughs> and he does and you've got the two like androidy things in the lycra in the shiny lycra which the rubber suits the yeah, rubber, these, suits, like, rubber onesies so... I don't know how they get in and out of those I really don't f- I mean kudos to those actors for having to perform their entire I to wonder if that's CGI no they do do CGI <laughs> costumes don't they these days there is a moment these in days. episode 2 of this where
0: one of the androids begins to lactate through, no! a
3: series, through, no.
0: through a series through no, a series no but not through breasts through a series of cat-like nipples that go down no. her stomach yeah, I am not even fucking I... kidding and it is it no. is too, 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 too I don't even know if it's to this show's credit but it says so much about this show that you don't even blink because it's not even no. the weirdest thing that's happened in the last 30 seconds James, <laughs>
1: I would rather you use the Stephen voice of should I review the whole year, of Raised by stay, Wolves talking about no. lactating oh, no. oh oh it's vile it's vile it just feels like really got into a pitching room and was like I don't know or something and they were like yes two seasons six he's seasons not, in a movie he's, he's not even involved anymore he just directed no I know he directed the
2: first two episodes he's now directed by Ernest Dickerson who is you know a talented guy he's, the guy who wrote it and created it Aaron Gusikowski, who wrote Prisoners which is a brilliant film mm. and I love that film
1: his son's involved isn't he
2: he's, yeah, is that what you were talking about the, uh, yep. yeah, the, the yes yep. let's, be yeah, let's be honest let's yeah. not beat about that bitch. <laughs> fair enough
0: can we, can, so, can, we, can we we have to because I meant Oh, the accent thing. Out. The kid, bless him, the little kid who plays Campion.
1: No, don't bless him. Those
0: he's tri- genuinely no. the worst English accent <laughs> no. I've ever heard in my life. He's Australian. The kid is Australian. It's, but yeah. fuck me, right. getting a like some kind of <laughs> dialect coach because Jesus,
1: even that is inexcusable at this point. Because child performers, like they were good child performers. Like it's not like a cliché child performers <laughs> yeah,
3: are like He's
0: not a- one. <gasps> yeah. Uh, okay so so look I didn't find this anywhere near as baffling as YouTube because I watched the whole of the first season and that actually goes a long way towards but this take this picks up a while after that and a lot happens in the first season I kind of don't want to spoil it but I've already said it like there's a bit where like mother the android kind of gets pregnant and gives birth to and I've said it before a giant anti-gravity flying space worm. <laughs> 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 and then and so, so but the thing with the first season is and I talked about this a lot like I was really excited by raised by walls when it was coming up because it felt very me it's very sci-fi felt like hard sci-fi it was a big swing it's very ambitious lots of money but you know and people say foundation is a slog and it's hard to get through it doesn't make any sense none of that is true i mean you gotta pay attention but it kind of the pieces fit together like this didn't so much but i think partly it was because it was so slow paced it was so glacially slow and i'm not even exaggerating when i say they spend entire episodes picking fucking like space cucumbers Like genuinely this happens uh and then, and then you introduce these factions you've got the Mithraics who like worship the sun and they're from earth and you got the atheists but then the robots are made by the Mithraics but they've been reprogrammed by the atheists then the Mithraics come except the Mithraics are being led by two people who were atheists but killed two Mithraics and then took their skins and their faces and are masquerading as Mithraics even though they're atheists and then one of them converts and becomes a Mithraic and at this point you're just like I don't know what is happening so yeah I, yeah, I get it's it a
2: bit, it's a bit Westworld in that, from that point of
0: yeah view. there's a lot happening. Mm. But if you take all of those little details out, the actual thread of it is just they go to this planet, they're raising these kids, other humans turn up, there's a little bit of infighting, and now this season two, they've moved to another part of the planet, the tropical zone. So it means you get a slightly different environment. And I've seen the first two of these. And I went into this thinking I, I started this first season of this optimistic. By the end of it, I was so bitterly hateful. <laughs> because I felt like I'd been robbed of 10 hours of my life because by the end it was such a slog to get through the first season but I made myself do it and the payoff at the end I was like oh just fuck off like I (laughs) genuinely was annoyed but but and I expected to go into this thinking look I'll watch one episode and then we'll never talk again me and praise by Wolves but weirdly the first episode of this I was like and even before the lactating android came along I, I was like and do you know what? I'm quite fascinated. They've done it again. They've done it again. They've done it to me again. Just when I thought I was out there, they pull me back in. And I now want to know what happens again. Because I do enjoy the relationship between mother and father. I think they're great. Uh, I, I, I quite want... I mean, Campion, I could happily, happily throw into the acid sea on this planet. <laughs> but, but I really genuinely would love to see that happen. But, and I don't know why Travis Fimmel is still doing this show. But, I, <laughs> but I'm curious to see what happens because we've had a change. We've now got, you know, a different group of people. The politics has changed. I quite like the idea of the setup of this community. It's unusual. Certainly the way they're being governed. And there's a part of me that, quite wants to know what happens mm. and I feel like these first two episodes I understood it I mean yes there were some batty moments but I kind of because I kept on stay with it I knew what was going on I've got a handle on it for now so I can't say I've, I'm done with Raised by Wolves I'm, they, I might yet watch I the rest of this
1: just beg of you do not talk about it in any future part episodes like, please do not do it <laughs>
0: Yeah. Don't, you don't want like do a it.
2: lactating update. No, I went
1: episode. no lactate date. I think <laughs> I the chances
2: it. of him not talking about <laughs> it again is minimal, I have to say. Uh, but I know what you mean. I thought I, I thought the starter sequence was absolutely beautiful. Stunning, by the way. I mean, it came it arrived quite late in the day. Do you remember the title season? Yes, it I do. Lu- it's lush. Oh,
1: yeah, that, I'll, yeah, that'll give you. That yeah. It came out after about 20 t- minutes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It, was, yeah. it was very good. The things like that, it looks stunning, you know, it's, the craft is fantastic, but yeah, it's a load of nonsense.
1: <laughs> I've literally tired myself out shouting yeah. about this, so I can't even argue it's with it's you exhausting. anymore. <laughs> well,
0: Race by Wolf Season 2 lands on Sky Atlantic and now on the 6th of April at 9pm. Anything else out this week we should talk about guys? Uh Wellington Paranormal returns to Sky Comedy on the
1: 5th. Does it really- it
0: does indeed Yay! love wellings, and Paranormal yes uh, that's a good show uh, what else is coming back Boydie you... oh the final half of the final season of Grace and Frankie lands on Netflix on the 9th of April as well I've never watched a single episode of Grace and Frankie Which but I know it's me. supposed to be
2: really good uh, my mum's a big fan of Grace and Frankie
1: I need to jump on it's good, good. Yeah, yeah.
0: I've
2: yeah. only watched mm. the first mm. series but it's
0: very Left good Gentleman Jack obviously the second series of Gentleman Jack comes to BBC One on the 10th of April at 9pm that one was embargoed so we didn't end up covering that one um
2: Anything else? The split. The split um, is back yes. today, Monday, the fourth and nine o'clock. I love the split. I, in fact, if I had my got my wits together, I would have insisted we review that instead of Raised by Fucking. <laughs> because, <laughs> but then, um, then, we wouldn't have got the joy of no, Beth's no, diatribe. No. So that is true. But I mean, Nicola Walker, yep. you know fantastic. Yep. The whole thing about this group of sisters who are legal divorce law specialists. I've watched the first episode of the new series, which is directed by D. Copang O'Leary, aka Mrs. Dermot O'Leary, Ooh. and she worked on as second unit director. In Bridgerton and mm. the Crown, but she's directed. She's the lead director of the series, and she does a fucking brilliant job, I have to say. Yeah. Between this first episode, which is an emotional roller coaster, yeah, and is excellent, and that's is on today. There's also a Channel Five Stripped Across the Week thriller series. This oh, week good. Called Deadline <laughs> uh, starts <laughs> Tuesday the fifth through till Friday, and it looks quite fun. I haven't seen it. James Darcy is in it, and he plays a kind of disgraced journalist who gets offered an interview with a woman accused of murdering her husband, and they fall for each other. In a kind of basic instinct type way, Mm. count me in is what I'm saying. Um, That might be about it. I'm flicking, literally flicking through. Oh, elite, elite! The Spanish teen drama that is the most (laughs) tawdry, raunchy, exploitative. Honestly, it makes Euphoria look like Jordan's TV it is (laughs) yeah Elite is back on Friday um, uh, and I I am totally excited by that because it's a brilliantly cheesy tawdry Spanish teen drama thing yeah um, I love it. So I am excited about that. <laughs> um I think that might be it. about it. Yeah.
1: Can but, I jump back into news quickly because there is something that, that's come oh, to me. Why not? The We've
2: only been going for an
0: hour and 3 quarters. Is, Carry on. Oh, do you know what? <laughs> <laughs> Whose thought is that? This that's is, is. going to
1: this is Yeah, exactly. Did you see that Charlotte Ritchie <sighs> yes. has been cast in season 4 of You? Very no, good I point.
2: didn't. Yes.
1: Can you believe that? Oh, that's Fantastic. incredible. Because just casting. I had to bring I'm that so up so you're because up. that is fucking amazing. I really should start taking notes, but yeah, that was one of Great news stories
2: of the yeah. week. Yeah, yeah. Where did that brilliant. come
1: from? We're very excited about that. I very, can speak for us as a team by saying Charlotte Ritchie knew is fantastic casting, and yeah. I can't wait to yeah.
0: Well, that yeah. is that is good that oh, we've managed to. Yeah. Any other news right now? Uh, <laughs> no. So, uh, Beth, Beth, what's your yeah. uh, what's your pick of the week then? Uh, then, Beth.
1: Oh God, stop it! <laughs> uh, I'm going to go for I anatomy mean, <laughs> <laughs> <that to> <laughs> of a scandal. <laughs> anatomy of sandals. Sandals. <laughs> and to gonna be a scandal. I'm going to get anatomy of a scandal because any chance they get to minimise you doing my accent. Same, we I agree. You. Anatomy,
2: yeah. is, anatomy of a Scandal. Well, sandwich. it kind of
0: has to be because uh, Moon Knight was technically last week, so it wouldn't be bigger this week. So, That's true, um, yeah. So, Anatomy of a Scandal, it is. <laughs> Right, that is it for this week's show. Uh, please do drop whatever you're doing. This very instant, leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or rate us on whichever your preferred pod platform might be. We are at Pilot TV Pod on a variety of social channels as well as at James C. Dyer, at Beth K. Webb and at Boyd Hilton. Uh, next week, Will Poulter will be joining us on the show and there's going to be an absolute pile-up of shows next week for us to deal with. So brace yourselves for something that might be about 10 hours long. So, uh, they're all in barcode anyway. <laughs> yeah, they're all really in barcode anyway. Oh God, I'm sure we'll find it way through it somehow. Uh, Until then though, pilot out.